Yes, hallelujah. Welcome, Osama. Thank you. Welcome to the Sound of Religion podcast. It's great to be here. Uh, it's great to have you here. I'm looking forward to hearing that intro soon, which I really like. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's, it's, it's great to finally meet. I know we've been trying to, we've been going back and forth on, on Messenger for a while. I was yeah, out of town do. for a couple of months. Uh, but yeah, it's great to be back in Berlin and, and this is, yeah, like this is, it's great to be on my first podcast. Yeah. And I'm surprised that you don't look like Morty. Oh yeah. I thought you would be Morty and then I'll say, Hey Morty, Morty. <laughs> no, I, I actually chose my Squidward socks uh, for today. Yeah. Uh, cause the Rick and Morty ones I had, had like a massive hole in the toe. Uh, so I was like, no, I need to look good for the first <laughs> for podcast. The podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, prepare your socks. We're going to show them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, you're the meme master for me in Facebook. Uh, I love to see your stuff. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. I've actually put myself down as a self-proclaimed meme researcher on on all of my uh, social mediums and stuff <laughs> to the point where, you know, I some people think it might not be very professional to put that up there because I literally write musician, producer, meme researcher mm-hmm. on my Insta, my Facebook, and I'm thinking of adding it to my website now as well. To your website? Yeah. Wow, I should make a meme academics. <laughs> First yeah. degree. But yeah, I'm, I'm uh, self-taught. So like, I'm sure the actual like learned academics who've gone to meme college and stuff would, would be a little annoyed. <laughs> I used to also post some memes. I don't know if I can call them memes, but mm-hmm. they were fucked up images. All right. And Facebook started to block me. Oh. And you know, once they block you, it's come, you're on the radar. Yeah. And then anything else, it can be anything. They just think you might do something that somehow is against their... Their uh, community standards. Exactly. Then you yeah. block completely. 30 days. They don't care. 30 days yeah. block immediately. I had a, a post once, uh, an image. You see like uh, hands of white people and black people. So mm. one white, one black. Yeah. All right. It says, hey, we're all the same. That's what it says. Yeah. And then Facebook blocked it because of the image, because they said it contains pornography. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe it's a fucked up system. Yeah. Maybe they're using AI to to, to fish through all of this. Now. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've heard like uh, similar stories from a lot of people. So I just try to stay safe by not really posting any original content when it comes to memes anymore. At least, um, I, I tried for a little while. It's just a lot of work to put into making a meme and then 10 people reacting to it, you know? <laughs> you were making the memes? I, I was for a while, yeah. Oh. With, uh, very few. Like, just for, the, let's say, like a month or two, I started making them. This was like lockdown uh, when I didn't have much to do and uh, couldn't get out. So I was like, yeah, let's start, you know, making, making some memes. memes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cool, man. <laughs> but now I just reshare. I think that's that's the extent to my uh, sort of expertise. <laughs> yeah, that's important. Yeah. Share the memes. Yeah. Yeah, and also your name is pretty known here in Berlin as a music producer. Ah, is it? Is it? Yeah, I've seen people <laughs> recommend you a lot. And when oh, someone you. is recommending you, so I see a lot of likes on this comment. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I, I, I'm a little embarrassed now. I didn't know that. But that's the city, man. That's what they choose. Yeah, no, it's 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 a nice small scene, and you know, like um, even if you don't know someone, you always know someone who knows them, etc. You know, so everyone's connected, but you know, yeah. at least uh, at, at most like one degree of separation. So um, yeah, I've been 
here for like like we were talking about have been here for like six seven years now so i'm i'm glad that uh I mean, this is the first time i found out that that people know <laughs> so yeah this is a milestone <laughs> yeah this is nice to discover good stuff about yourself yeah yeah it is it is because normally it's the other way around you discover horrible things <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, might yeah. be a website somewhere about me with all the horrible things. Yeah, you never know. I mean, yeah, you never know. <laughs> Probably people are thinking about it, and the moment I will get famous. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we want some of his money. <laughs> he was a motherfucker to me for five, <laughs> six, seven, ten years ago. I go back to him. No, I mean, yeah, it's it's perfectly plausible. If I'm honest, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say I've never thought about it myself. <laughs> you know, like one day. If I become famous, <laughs> so funny. I hate. think it's something with musicians. We we think everyone talks shit about us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, there is uh, the the album of Jeff Buckley. You mm-hmm. know Jeff Buckley, like him. Yeah, yeah. He got this album that he released. You and I. It's like mm-hmm. uh, some recordings uh, of demo versions that he did. All right. Uh, that he kind of uh, auditioned mm-hmm. to to this producer Andy Wallace. You know this uh, guy Andy Wallace. He's a producer oh. slash mix engineer. Oh, Andy Wallace, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. He is, he's the one who produced yeah, well the, over, yeah. uh, this uh, album, Grace. Mm-hmm. So I think he was recording the songs for him. And one of the songs, he did kind of a reggae imitation. All right. And he did not want it to publish it because yeah. he thought, now everyone will hate me because I'm doing black people's music. All right. Yeah. And it got published eventually? Eventually, yeah. I mean, it was it after his passing? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can hear it in this album, You and I. There is an right. extended version, which I think um, maybe 15 or 16 recordings of just him playing. All right. Yeah, just him with a guitar, acoustic or electric. Right. That, that kind so of was, man. yeah, that was kind of his forte as well, right? Like, uh, he was really, like, sort of genius level good at that. Uh, it's a shame, though, like, uh, you know, one should always respect uh, the wishes of the creator of that art. Um, I mean, you see all sorts of music being released posthumously, which is, you know, you kind of go like, they, you, you question whether they'd be okay with it. And, you know, it's just sad to hear that people would rather capitalize on it than, than just, you know, respect the wishes of someone who passed away. Yeah, but on the other hand, I think it's a, it's a gem, whatever recorded there and not to release it outside it is. it is and while i was saying what i was saying i was also thinking but you know like it would always then be stuck in uh you know a vault somewhere in an audio tape but again you know like it's i guess as someone who creates uh that art it, it is their prerogative and it's their sort of yeah you know, their wishes should be at least taken into account but yeah, I mean, like genius, uh, like I said, genius level sort of songwriter and uh, beautiful voice as well. Yeah, yeah beautiful spirit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You get that vibe through the music, actually. Yeah. Yeah, you feel it. Yeah, and it's so good, these recordings that, that he had. It's so raw. It's just him and the microphone. Yeah. So sometimes you even hear him just stopping because he fucked up a note. Because <laughs> you hear the wrong note and then, mm-hmm. oh shit, can we do it again? And then he just restarts. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, looking forward to actually lis- listening to this. When did this come out? You said recently. Uh yeah, I think 2010s, 15s. I don't know All something right. like so that. So I may have heard a couple of songs from from there. Actually, there is one famous yeah. performance. He did he did the cover by Bob Dylan. All right, uh, like a woman. 
something like that just like a woman. Oh, just like a woman that's yes. also a really good song so that is the first song that opens it all right and there are two versions to the album one of them is a little bit shorter so we got uh, maybe eight songs mm-hmm. and then there is the longer version all right and you really hear everything behind it he even record some stuff just to record it so we can uh, not forget the ideas that he all had right. so you hear yeah. him explaining his concept uh, like one dream that he had right. and he just plays on the guitar while he's playing the guitar is explaining the dream mm-hmm. and what he experienced in the dream okay and he said and that was the song hmm. that they sang in the dream well wow. it's it's like old school voice notes uh, it sounds like right like your personal sort of uh phone uh, pre-iphone era yeah pre-iphone <laughs> era you'd probably have a little recorder in your hand and stuff. I think not even. Maybe yeah, probably just the mics running. Yeah. <laughs> who got the studio and you got an yeah. equipment for that. They probably had the budget. Uh, but yeah. He was also a son of a very famous musician. Uh, was he? Tim Buckley, oh. I think, is the name ah, of his dad. Ah, all right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So probably had access to studio as well. Yeah. Nice. No, that's, that's cool then. I mean, I would like to have like a nice... Uh, studio environment where i just get to record my voice notes yeah. <laughs> that would be cool <laughs> it would be nice yeah <laughs> excessive and wasteful but yeah, do we need it today no nah, that's what i meant like now we have our phones and yeah you just quickly record all of that here i just talk about my dreams into my phone all the time no <laughs> <laughs> no nah, I, I don't remember any dreams actually so for all intents and purposes as far as i'm concerned i haven't dreamt in years really <laughs> yeah you smoke weed that's one of the reasons um um uh, maybe uh maybe. <laughs> not saying anything <laughs> illegal <Yeah>. here <laughs> no because you never know like my parents are very supportive of my music career now and if they end up listening to this <laughs> <laughs> For a musician, it's part of the musical <laughs> career. It's a place you need to go in order to get your career somewhere, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, to ease their own, like, Baklava is actually equally good in terms of uh, inspiring people to do things. Baklava, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gives <laughs> yeah. you energy, and then you get up, pick up your guitar. Yeah, for Start sure, man. Some music. Yeah, also, the sun is very inspiring. Yeah, yeah. to be fair, anything can be inspiring, like, um, from, from the tiniest of things to the biggest of sort of incidents world incidents and stuff so it's it's not that difficult to find inspiration to write about yeah if we keep yeah. ourselves open yeah, yeah we can find inspiration everywhere yeah but then it's the discipline to put it down into something that is real and not yeah some imaginary thoughts that is true it's it's a it, discipline yeah that's that's where i, I like severely when it comes to my own music if yeah, I'm for everybody man that's, that's the yeah. biggest struggle yeah yeah because it's like such a I mean, sometimes I, I mean, no, I, I might regret saying this, but sometimes I wish that I still had like a, a boss, you know, like you ha- you'd have like in a corporate setting who's actually telling you, all right, no, you have to do this or you're in trouble because uh, it's when you're freelancing and stuff, mm-hmm. you're your own boss. So the discipline, the disciplining aspect is, is missing. So, you know, you know, nah. Right, like like we talked about, it's it's difficult to be disciplined about your own music. <laughs> yeah, about everything because we need to think what is more than just making music or producing it. Like we need to think extra. Yeah, yeah. No, if there's we want a lot. To do it ourselves, of yeah, course. it was uh, obviously definitely as an independent artist, like you're pretty much doing everything yourself. But that's what I mean. That's that's where you kind of miss that. Um, 
sort of authoritative figure telling you that you need to, you know, mm. follow a timeline, all of that stuff. I'm really good at doing it when there's money involved or if there's a client and stuff and I'm, you know, I'll be there on time, you know, we work till we need to sort of thing. But when it comes to my own music. Now you know, I see. That, that, that sort of drive is missing. <laughs> or not, not the drive, the push rather is missing. Hmm. What kind of music are you doing? That's a very, it should be a very simple question to answer, but it's it's something I really struggle with because I listen to so much stuff and, and I take, you know, I pick and choose different things from, from, from so many different genres that eventually I'm, I, I think the best way of describing my music is just indie music. <laughs> so it's like a mix of rock, pop, soul, folk, blues, um, singer songwritery kind of stuff um daft punky kind of stuff it's it's just yeah it's it's a bit all over the place like my myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's also how i explain my music because yeah. i cannot put my finger on a specific genre yeah but it contains all the music that inspires me yeah yeah and people think oh it's so original but it really <laughs> i just take a little bit from them a little bit from them yeah. a little bit from them yeah exactly like uh, and, and, just, and yeah put the puzzle together for me the, yeah that's that's the perfect way of saying it actually it's just a puzzle that you're piecing together but what do you try to make with your music do you try to make it more uh, interesting for people you put some messages for people or you want to to send them into a journey or to give them some feelings that you felt into certain experiences how do you approach it so i mean it, there's a few levels uh when it comes to that um on the one hand like i when i put like an album not that i've released a billion things but um on the projects that i have worked on uh, myself and with this band that i used to be in like when we put an album together i'd think of an overall concept it would normally be very like uh fictional um sort of um old school sort of fantasy based where you know like you're thinking of demigods and random spirits river spirits and all of that we we were into weird stuff uh so there would be a concept that would be tying all of this together and that's how I'd curate all of these projects and you know I pick and choose from old songs all right this makes sense in this storyline um But then like each song when I write it it has a completely different meaning which has got nothing to do with that storyline so eventually like each song has two different meanings one to do with this plotline that I'm trying to follow with the project and the other which uh, is literally just an expression of whatever I was feeling at that moment when I wrote the song um so yeah like to me that's what the song actually means mm-hmm. uh but then to my audience of 10 I think I have 10 followers now so so to my audience or 10 people uh I like telling that um just I, I mean I haven't been able to do a great job of telling the story of the concepts of my my work so far but uh you know there's a concept there the, the it, it's kind of obvious in the artwork and stuff or in the names of the songs or I even openly talk about it and stuff but sort of extracting your own meaning from each song is something that I've loved doing as a listener so that's why what the song actually means to me when I write it is something I don't normally share so that people can you know listen to it figure out what it means to them um yeah yeah and then you know it's usually have, like that the moment you let yeah. the song be public then people 
are free to do whatever they want with it. Exactly, them. exactly. So that's why, like, I don't like to sort of, uh, again, like the masses of 10 followers, I don't like to, you know, taint their, their own sort of uh, view of the, or perception of the song with my own. Mm, they want to keep them pure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, like it's it's fun though, like because you're trying to work on two levels. Then so you're trying yeah. to fit a song into, I mean, uh, yeah, like the actual emotions and the you know whatever you're going through when you're writing the song is just there. But then you're also trying to fit it into the storyline when you're selecting songs and stuff. And so you know, like I'm trying to look for songs which would have two meanings then. And so. what about the music-wise? How do you choose what kind of genre would you make the song? I think that's something that's kind of um, changed as 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 I've been making music. When I when I started out, it was uh, a very sort of pop music was rock music, right? So pop, uh, yeah, pop is changing. Pop, pop is, is changing. Pop is ever changing. Obviously, but what was popular and being sort of pushed at that time was. I mean, like, I remember Metallica what, was what one of the biggest things in the, the 90s. world. Yeah, the 90s, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Guns N' Roses, Soundgarden. Yeah. That's kind of what I grew up listening to. And even, like, um, I used to love um, bands like Bon Jovi, Aerosmith. And then there was, like, I mean, pop wasn't as inspiring to me uh, at that point because it was different. Um, uh, but, yeah, like, some hip-hop and, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff I was listening to at that point. Uh, so my obviously like my go-to was just like rock music in the beginning and that's the sound that it was it was like just mostly guitar based music and then it's I started sort of throwing synths in when I started listening to other stuff like Daft Punk and and, <laughs> and Rush and you know like uh, then I started listening to like more sort of progressive rock things like Tool and all of that. Uh, so it was different rabbit holes. And with each, I kind of started picking up things. And there was a phase where I was just only listening to old school, like blues and soul music. I think that's been my longest phase ever. That still kind of continues a bit. Where and I, old stuff from blues. I mean, I was super into Robert Johnson. Uh, Robert Johnson. Is it the first blues uh, guitarist or something? It's one of the first recordings. Um, yeah, you see uh, and like his dude sitting on with his suit. And he, yeah, he was a hat and stuff, and very official. Yeah. Went down to the crossroads, fell down on my knees, that kind of stuff. Uh, Where my friends were like, "What are you listening to, bro?" <laughs> <laughs> this is when everyone else was listening to Tiesto and, you know, uh, that kind of music, like trance and stuff was, was big. Um, uh, but yeah, like I, I had my soul in blues phase, uh, which I'm kind of still stuck with. But then the electronics started creeping in. Uh, so it's just been a mishmash. I think hip hop played a big role with, with sort of me thinking about things more electronically. And then eventually Daft Punk brought it home for me. I was like Daft Punk. Electronically, you mean not played live? I mean like so, synths and stuff, uh, electronic drums and stuff. Because I, I I came from like a very just like you know four piece, five piece band sort of mm -hmm. background. Uh, it was guitars, drums, bass, vocals. Then you know like slowly you start thinking about bringing in a keyboard player uh, sort of thing. So that's when I started thinking more about, you know, like, all right, there's other sounds to make as well. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I can rely on them. Um, and then production changed, you know, that was also changing at the same time, uh, which kind of sort of complemented my, uh, my journey, which was nice. 
And what about the pop that was in this time? Because the pop was really crazy <laughs> in the 90s. You had the Backstreet Boys, you had the Spice Girls. Oh, I was super into that. I yeah? was super into that. So this, Spears, like, yeah. Aguilera, so this is like, so this is a bit further back even because this rising. is like when I wasn't really a, a musician. This mm-hmm. is when I was just purely a listener. And um, I think the first um, actual album that I owned that my aunt got for me and my sister was like the Backstreet Boys album. Which and, one? Um, it was... It was not the one. Like it, I think it was their first album. I just don't remember the name anymore. Of Everybody. It. Uh, yeah, it had like. Uh, no, that was later. I think that was that, that was, was Backstreet's Back. Yeah, so it was one even earlier. True. <laughs> yeah, so this was like with Get Down, Get, get down, down, and Move Ooh. It All Around. So yeah, stuff like that. Boyzone. I was super Boyzone. into Boyzone. Um, this song "Get Down" it's so naughty. Man. I knew <laughs> how naughty and sexual the song is until yeah. I get older. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. At that point, wow. I mean, I was just like, um, I mean, you understood the lyrics, but you didn't understand them at the same it time. It's just yeah. cool. Yeah, it sounded cool. And yeah, like, you're oh, like, yeah, they're like probably it. talking about something about dancing or something. You know, <laughs> that's that's what was going in my head. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was like I was super into into pop uh, music at that point. Um, and then, yeah, when I started picking up the guitar and stuff, it was just very difficult to to pull those kinds of songs off. Just like, you know, just you and an acoustic guitar. It's just you don't feel the impact of, you know, the, the nice beats, the full production. Yeah. yeah. So then you start trying to look for other things which are more appropriate. So, I mean, I was lucky in that my dad used to have... Uh, this is my dad's guitar, by the way. Uh, so It looks like it's been through some journey. Yeah, yeah. These two, these two are like self-inflicted. This is like where I try to hide the scars from my dad when I was younger. <laughs> But yeah, he had like this little diary where he wrote like a lot of old like folk songs and stuff like Bob Dylan, Simon Garfunkel and stuff. Cool. So this was like... This is cool, man. Yeah, it was like uh, almost like, you know, how you go online to Ultimate Guitar and look for chords and stuff. This was my first chord book. So it had like whatever he tried to learn as, uh, you know, when he was younger. He made the, the book himself from listening? Yeah, it's handwritten. It's like uh, him yeah. and like two of his friends who have their handwriting and they're mostly his. So they'd write down the lyrics. Then one of the friends was like a little more advanced when it came to guitar playing and stuff. So he'd like, he'd figure out the chords for them. And then they'd all sort of write them down. And they figured the major seven. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they got that far. They were still like... Uh, no, actually, yeah. There was... No, augmented sevens. Is, augmented is, is, seven. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is a place to go to. Because it was mostly just major, minor and that. And they had their own way of, you know, like how we write tabs now. It was like fractions where it was string over fret number or something like tabs yeah that's how they wrote their tabs and stuff so oh. that was my first chord book so you know i'd just play whatever was there Crazy. and whatever i'd heard him playing as a kid and stuff this is nice to grow up with a dad who makes music yeah no it was... did he inspire you to play guitar yeah yeah uh i yeah who else would have because like To be honest, at that point, um, none of the music that I was listening to was very sort of guitar forward or guitar uh, centric, even like I said, it was still like Backstreet Boys, whatever's on television, whatever my parents are listening to. And uh, like he was listening to more folky kind of stuff, like both Eastern and Western. It was mostly just folk music. So and my mom was also 
kind of into the same thing i think all of us as a family we loved uh, folk music we even like listened to a lot of country music growing up like john denver uh, george strait garth brooks kenny rogers mm. yeah <laughs> so yeah typical pakistani family <laughs> i know so little about pakistan oh uh, yeah i mean i don't blame you we have a very um, like if 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 it were a corporation and you were to say like promotion and media and marketing we have a very bad marketing department yeah i know you have in pakistan you have uh, like uh, atom bomb or something like that yeah yeah we uh so that makes you a dangerous you know that and makes i come us... from jerusalem so you're also a muslim country it's even more dangerous yeah i mean to Muslims be fair i uh, so there's this really cool thing that happens in pakistan actually let me give you a little insight about Pakistan at every street cafe on the wall there would be a, a, a sign there which says um, if I say it in Urdu first which says siyasi or mazhabi guftugu manaya which means political and religious discussions are strictly prohibited because <laughs> people start fighting and stuff but like personally for me I'm the older I grow the the, the more I you know sort of I'm against the idea of nation states and stuff and i i the more i realize i don't like any governments out there like i'm yet to see one which is nice <laughs> literally just which is good mm. i think uh, there are a few that are good they're good at governance el salvador, uh, uh, you know el salvador? El Sal- i'm not too familiar i know that they like uh, there are governments that 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 are doing things well like in Scandinavia and stuff and yeah, and as well there, even sure. like in 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 uh, Cuba for example there's like uh, healthcare at a level where it's insane all you need to go do is go in and tell them your date of birth and name and that's all they require from you no insurance oh. no nothing there was actually this documentary like ages ago i think this I also know very little about Cuba yeah so there there are you know places which have decent governance but uh not a big fan of governments and nation states anymore yeah we're going to get rid of them i believe very soon slowly slowly hopefully, hopefully with the know. internet you know yeah. now the twitter started with the blue v and now facebook is also following so what what is that sorry blue blue v blue v so you know like in instagram yeah and also on facebook you have it mm-hmm. just to um kind of uh, confirm that you're a real person or a real oh, business the verified thing yeah yeah so you yeah. can be a verified profile right. but since elon musk he bought twitter uh one of the problems on the internet is the bots yeah and i can make as much as accounts as i want mm-hmm. and i can spam on instagram it's really felt for me all right so i just post something and right away like some some comments uh We want to post your post here. Check out yeah, our profile. Yeah, yeah. Or then uh, sometimes some people, uh, you want to be ambassador of this and this uh, company. Yeah, yeah. It's like bullshit, man. They tell you everything is for free, but then you pay 10 euro for shipment. For, for everything. And yeah. basically they bring you cheap stuff from China. Yeah. So it's, right. you, they make profit on you paying the shipment, so, right. which is not really shipment. <laughs> yeah, like this is a big scam. And uh, like you cannot have any consequences right now because there is nothing to you that you can do if you will block them. So the more we come, yeah. yeah. And yeah. It's, it doesn't cost any money to, to make them. Yeah, like I've, I've been getting a lot of interest from, from, from these sa- same thing with jewelry stores. So we're like, oh, yes. you're the perfect ambassador for yeah. our jewelry. <laughs> I'm like, have you... Have the you, meme jewelry yeah, store. Yeah, you, you, like you don't even know what I look like. I just look like Morty to you. 
Yeah, exactly. And they just want you to pay because <laughs> most of the people, you know, who wants to be influencers, all of a sudden they see someone who confirmed to them their dreams. Yeah. That, oh, we are the perfect. Oh, you want to give me your jewelry? Oh, yeah. you, you give it for free. I just yeah. need to pay the shipment. I will do it. No problem. <laughs> wow. Now that's... Uh, I mean, people are creative. Especially the like, internet. Yeah, yeah, people are very creative. And some of the scams, you know, you can have all these, uh, like, uh, you want to meet me tonight? I'm the perfect date. And yes. you have those links, you click on them. Yes. Uh, so this, yet. I know like a bunch of people who this has happened to, uh, where they're like talking to people for the longest time and they turn out to be in a different country altogether, uh, pretending to be in the same country because that's how you'd match. Yeah. I'm a little old school. I got, uh, like, I think I got married before Tinder. So like, I've never used one of these apps, but I think you have to be geolocated like close by right for or you use vpn yeah so that's what uh, there is also with. the option there yeah i, I don't know if, the, if you have that in the apps that would be yeah interesting definitely. and misleading <laughs> but yeah that's what people are doing they, they they're on vpns they're sitting in random countries and 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 you know like oh yeah if you love me send me 100 euros they'll try it they'll try different things they'll start with like 20 30 40 and so wow. it's it's insane like uh yeah, I mean, I, the whole business be... model of Tinder is against <laughs> the those who use it. Because mm-hmm. if I find my match, I yeah. will not use the app. Yeah. So, but what? Like again, like is do they get anything when you match on it? Are they advertising? No, on it? they don't get anything. If you match, you don't need the app. Yeah. You have a girlfriend. I don't yeah. need Tinder. Yeah. I then, don't use it. Yeah, exactly. But if I don't have a girlfriend, yeah, I need to get a girlfriend. And maybe I'm just a lonely man in my house. Maybe I'm still living with my parents. Maybe I'm just a teenager who became 20 or something like Mm -hmm. that. So if you don't have good matches, then you can make a boost. So you pay like 10 euros or something like this. And then you can send your message that the one that you like, it will show as first, you know, like on the top. Even if she did not or he did not match you. So they can see ahead who is matching them. So for you as a human, this is like the ultimate dopamine wow. <laughs> cash pot. You know, it just, oh, yes, I want to see who likes me. Yes, I want to see all of them. Nah, and I want like, you to see my message first. I want you. You know, things like like it's this evil, specific man. thing is why I don't watch Black Mirror. <laughs> this is it's the there. exact reason why I don't watch Black Mirror. It's too real. It just it's going to be like, here in yeah. five years. We don't need to yeah. watch it. Yeah. We're going to leave it. Exactly. We are already living it. So I, like, I, I love wasting time just watching random stuff. And uh, Black Mirror was like, coming highly, highly recommended from people. And you never watched it? I watched I think three episodes, but then it just started creeping me out so much. <laughs> I was like, no, no, this is just too surreal. It's just like, wow. it makes you, um, it's a reality check is what it is. And then you kind of go like, oh, I'd rather bury my head in the sand for another yeah. <laughs> decade or two. <laughs> I'm not ready for it yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's... Uh, it's happening right now. This it is, is true. It and is. there is no dramatic music in the background that tells you that something bad is happening. Yeah. It's yeah. just part of life. It is part of life. Um, it's just what we've sort of, uh, by clicking on all of the, I accept the terms and conditions, this is what it's come to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now basically Facebook also wants to do this blue V that you will pay money. Oh, wow. So you can pay subscription 
And right. with this subscription, you will get, um, first of all, I think the most important, you'll be verified as a real human. All right, that's nice. That's and nice. you need to verify with <laughs> with an ID card, all right. the official ID card. Mm-hmm. So this is a big thing, you know, then you can uh, differentiate yourself from all the bots. Ah, and this is uh, for like just every user or is this specifically for pages and stuff? It's starting now for everyone who wants to do that. Oh. I think it's for users. Oh, wow. And they're doing a pilot now in Australia and New Zealand. Wow. So it's between 12 <laughs> to $15, I think, a month. Also, one of the things they give to you is they give to you access to mm. someone that you can talk with. All right. So if your account gets blocked, if your ah. ad account or your business account gets blocked. You get direct customer service. Yeah, because Facebook are horrible with that. Man. They are fucking horrible. <laughs> they know how to take your money, but once you need them, they just tell you go fuck yourself. Yeah, I mean, like I've I haven't had to deal with any of those things. I when I started, like um, I was very late to join Facebook, even. But uh, when I eventually did for work and stuff, um, first time I, I released some music, I was like, all right, um, at least you know, like the I don't know. 40 50 people who were following me at that point i was like at least they can listen to my music for free no no you have to pay facebook for yeah for it to reach those 40 50 people who are actually liking you I'm like yeah oh, that's how this works <laughs> yeah basically facebook is uh, advertisement space that's what it is yeah but no, it's it's it's. Uh, I, I I thought it was uh, a given that you know people who like your page they'll get to see your content. If you put a post out, they'll get it. But no, they don't. It used to be like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it's only like a percentage of, of them. And if you want to boost it to a hundred percent, you have to pay Facebook. <laughs> yeah, but I think slowly Facebook is also coming back to more more uh, organic kind of content mm-hmm. uh, reach. How do you call it when you? Rich people organically oh, yeah. that you did not have to pay for promotion. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. But also with the paid promotion, you can have good tools that you can use uh, to do remarketing for people yeah. to get your audience a bit bigger and more yeah, no. directed. It is definitely very useful. Um, it's very in, useful. I, I mean, I've, I've seen it utilized uh, in, in, in a corporate sense a lot in, in, in a past life. But... Uh, it was like insane how much you could sort of uh, get into the metrics of, of of everything, how how detailed all of the data was, and um, how sort of uh, intuitive it is as well. Like you just go in, all right, no, this is doing better. I'll just start, you know, posting this more and sort of develop these ad sets and stuff. It's 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 a very proven business model for sure. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, but you know, I. I'm, I'm I'm personally at a level where I don't really have ad spends for Facebook or anything, so I just throw my stuff out in the wind, and you know that's how I've managed to like amass these ten followers. It's it's no joke. <laughs> yeah, that's the best <laughs> yeah. to to have people telling about you. This is the best marketing. <laughs> if someone tells, oh, this guy did a good job with my music, with anything professional that someone is offering. Yeah, it's what you need. Yeah, no, that goes a long way, actually. I think um, as much as we're ripping on Facebook right now, one of the uh, it's 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 become a place for 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 communities, though. Like, Facebook, yeah, yeah, like you know the musicians in Berlin page, for yeah. example. That's There's such a, a huge central community. hub, right? That's I think that's the m- most sort of active network online of 
of all of them that, that yeah I've seen. not yeah. only berlin every city that you want to go to you can just look on facebook yeah. and you can post there a few times before and yeah. you can meet the people and you can exactly. meet real people this is what sometimes fucks yeah. me up yeah no that's 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 actually to be honest that's how i've met a bunch of the people i've met in berlin as well especially the musicians and stuff because i started doing these meetups a while back um and it was like i would say like five times out of ten it was people who were you know either on their way to berlin or had just come and just you know just posted on like hey hi i'm new in town this is cool yeah so that's how i ended up meeting a bunch of the you know people who came to the meetups and stuff um so yeah it's it's very central in that sense um that that group and plus uh, a very important thing that i use facebook for is memes i, I don't think memes. you can get those <laughs> kinds of like the algorithm i mean personally at least the algorithm gets me perfectly mm-hmm. like it knows what i need to see when uh, when it comes to memes they're they're topical like i find out about the news from memes before I actually go and read the news and be like, oh, what's going on? What did Chris Rock, uh, what happened between Chris Rock and Will Smith? And then you go and you Google it up and uh, you see that Oscars thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the memes sometimes can let you know when things are happening. Yeah. If it's important, we'll be a meme for it. Yeah, yeah. There'll be like at least five, six memes in the same day. And then you go like, what's what's happening hmm. here? I need to Google this. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, do you think that Facebook, you know, after they start verifying people... Do you think maybe Facebook will be the confirmation about that you're a legit person that in the world? That you're a real person. That would be interesting. I mean, I think it's still like the the biggest network, right? With In terms of user base. Um, it could be. I mean, I don't know. It might cause a little revival even. Like, oh, yeah, yeah Facebook identity. I'm a LinkedIn guy. Yeah. You're Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> because that's what i was thinking linkedin would probably get annoyed at that they'd be like no we were doing this kind of stuff you know <laughs> yeah are they doing it i mean not exactly but i know they have a paid service i don't know what it contains uh so they do have a paid service and it just like it allows you to reach out to more than a limited number of people for sales for recruitment and stuff like that and it also allows you to see who's been checking out your page <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's the, the ultimate you yeah. know if you pay people yeah uh, no if you ask people to pay you and then you will show them things beyond <laughs> yeah what, what right, the so normal person can i want see. to have the power yeah i want to be a linkedin <laughs> premium user <laughs> crazy shit also twitter they have this yeah it will be interesting it will be very yeah it is already interesting i think but yeah i'm, I'm always like two three social mediums behind so i'm just getting into facebook and instagram that's <laughs> yeah, about yeah. time yeah yeah, we have no choice, you know, we have no choice. Slowly, slowly, I think it will be one of the main things. Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of, we, we will approve ourselves as humans or as legit persons via social media. Yeah. And yeah, like we've been talking about, it's already happening in a way where if anyone comes up to me and says, hey, do you know so-and-so person? The first thing I'll do is either check Instagram or Facebook mm. uh, and, yeah. you know, just to put the face to the name sort of thing. Um, is the first place you look. So, you know, the next step. is a weird is, place. Yeah. <laughs> it I'm is. curious. Also, if we combine it with uh, with AI technology and if we so make it safe somehow with crypto, I think uh, then <laughs> it's the ultimate. I had, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine yeah. uh, yesterday, two days ago, here. 
mm-hmm. and we talked about it because he's also he's an IT guy and he's also into All AI right. and music and what will be real. We'll really like to get high and then talk about mm-hmm. impossible stuff. And this is one of the things that we thought about that AI will be able to know everything about you basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chat, chat GPT is, is pretty insane. <laughs> yeah, but imagine Neuralinks. You know the Neuralinks? The, uh, this Elon Musk company that he I, developed a chip. You can insert it to your brain, this chip, and then you can use it as like mouse in an interface. Oh, wow. Um, I, I read about something like that briefly. Uh, I'm not too aware of it, but yeah, AI is, is insane. That's actually why my last album was was about AI and mm. uh, how like if it ever takes over, I I I'll be okay in supporting it. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll be one of those humans. <laughs> it, it will be something like that. Yeah, yeah if it, you already prepare yourself with yeah. music, I'm already very respectful to Siri to Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> it's only when I'm really angry that I sometimes say shut up or something like that. But uh, but they know, you know, like how I was talking about trying to you know uh tell a story through the concept of my album with my last album it's actually telling AI that hey you know i i i'm rooting for you guys if you take over <laughs> don't kill me don't kill me i'm not a battery yeah I've, I've seen terminator I, i've seen how it works <laughs> yeah you know you really fucked up when arnold schwarzenegger shows up yeah. <laughs> and gives you a hand <laughs> yeah no that's why like um That's specifically why my last album is called Skynet. It, it, it is Terminator fan fiction. It is about, uh, it's essentially Skynet's journal uh, during the whole process. Is it rock influenced? Partially, yeah. 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 Um, but I think this was also like, um, like how I keep on sort of mentioning Daft Punk. I was super into Daft Punk those days mm. as well. So there's that influence in there. And... Some funky stuff, some hip hop trappy beats and stuff, but it's yeah it's 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 a process of how um like it becomes self aware and that's when this whole thing starts, and it starts sort of secretly keeping this record of 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 what it's going through and um initially it's just instrumentals, it's just information hidden in in music, and then it it kind of uh for lack of a better phrase, kidnaps this one dude who then becomes the mouthpiece and starts singing and only knows how to play bass and uh, guitar. <laughs> Channeling the AI. Yeah, everything else is just, um, yeah, like I, I wrote this album on my iPad actually. Um, so it was just, um, everything else is electronic and it's just me, my guitar on top. So um, you made it with iPad. Yeah, I wrote it on 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 GarageBand on my cool, iPad. Man. This was after like, you know, like my entire life. I'm like, I need to build my own studio and, and <laughs> you know, work, work from there on my music. And I eventually did that. And then I chose to write my album on my iPad. <laughs> yeah, it's like we buy the most expensive mics yeah. just to put a tape plug in on it. Yeah. <laughs> and we destroy the whole crisp. How long are you producing music for? Is it something you started in Berlin or you started already in Pakistan? So like, so I was in this band for about 10 years or so. We were called the DA Method. Uh, we disbanded about, I think, a year or two years ago. So we were self-producing uh, for the longest time. There's like, there there are studios, there great, there's great studios in Pakistan and stuff, but we were broke. 
So, uh, you know, we just started combining interfaces and stuff. And uh, then just, you know, working with uh, some people over there, mostly like the band stuff. That's kind of what got us going. And um, then I started producing my own work. Then when I moved here um, to Berlin, um, initially I was working actually uh, for a year or so at um, at a copyright place. It's uh, I don't want to publicize them, but it was copy uh, data management for copyrights basically. Um, and there I met uh, two people who were as sort of frustrated with their own lives as I was <laughs> in being stuck in that environment and uh, literally like I just asked them like hey, you guys want to just quit this and start a studio together and so we just started a studio uh, after that we quit our jobs we started the studio and um, that's when like my professional sort of uh, involvement in production started. So we were working with clients and stuff. On Pakistan already? No, this was well, once I oh. moved to Berlin. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we started working on our own, like each other's projects and then some clients and stuff and did that for about three years or so yeah roughly three years and now we still use the same space like we share the same space but i work on my own projects and my uh, ex-partners they do their own things as well like one's a bassist and the other is a producer slash guitarist um like he he works on like his own project so yeah we share that space but i'm still working there what do you think is the most challenging thing as a producer in Berlin? What is the most? Challenging thing. Uh, getting paid. Getting paid. <laughs> getting paid is challenging. Where is uh, the money? Where is, I mean, because, I mean... Obviously, what do you think is the reason it's so challenging? It's because it's kind of like the, the cart uh, before the horse situation. It's like... It's a... Uh, you know, like, uh, especially at the indie level, it's not like people are making loads of money, right? Everyone is struggling, everyone is paying, you know, playing gigs and stuff, or, uh, you know, doing sessions and stuff to just at least the musicians, that's what they're doing. Uh, because you don't make that much money off of streaming, right? Even if you have a lot of streams, it's not, it's not really something that you can sort of pay the bills with. Yeah. So, you know, there's not that much go money going around with your potential client base. Uh, so then you obviously eventually have to sort of, you know, uh, make decisions where you go like, ah, I wish I could get paid more. Uh, but then, like I said, it's just the industry that we're in. Uh, so you put, end up putting in a lot of work um, and, um, you know, it's it's tough to match the level of of income with with the the work that goes in uh but i'm sure like if if uh you work with, this is this is for me personally because i'm working with people who are starting out uh you know people who are working on their first second album sort of thing um or independent artists if you're working with people who who are signed to labels and stuff then you have amazing budgets actually then then there's a lot of money there <laughs> yeah, yeah this is true yeah. and i'm not like um i don't have anything against that it's just i i haven't been approached by anyone who's signed yet <laughs> because if if i do then you know probably it would be nice to to get some money from the labels <laughs> yeah to, to the resume <laughs> yeah yeah but um 
yeah, it's 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 a tough industry to be in. You know, like every musician, any creative um, sort of any artist and stuff, because this is an extension of that, right? Um, we're all struggling, so you know, it's yeah. We're in the trenches together, though. That's something. There's solidarity in numbers. <laughs> yeah, we're not alone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, we all struggle, and I think the the more struggle we have, basically, the better we are in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it feels for me in my yeah. journey. Yeah, there's there's things that 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 you pick up through through that struggle that 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 are part of who you are, part of what you do, um, mm. and um, also like a massive learning experience in themselves. Yeah, it's always yeah. learning experience, yeah. even if it's like. The whole world is crashing down at this very moment on top of my head. Yeah. It happens for a reason that I don't quite understand at the moment. Fair enough. And, you know, one way I can just go into uh, like a fetal position yeah. to say, leave me alone. Yeah. Which is nice for a while. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's nice for a while. <laughs> yeah. if, if you know that the limits, it's okay. But you need to stand up and say, all right, yeah. what can I in, not engage the... What blessing I have in all this pain. Yeah, fair and enough. Fair it's enough. always there is huge blessing. The bigger the pain, yeah, the holier the blessing. I, I, I kind of believe uh, in similar things as well. Um, it's part of your 10,000 hours, I guess. You have to put them in um, to get there. But also, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's also the fact that we choose an industry where there's not a lot of money going around. So... Do you think so? I think there is I mean, a lot least, of money at in the least music at the industry. at the independent level, you know. Um, also, in the independent level, there are a lot of successful artists. There, there are, there are uh, and definitely. I'm, and I'm talking, I think, more in a localized sense, like you know, just where mm. we are specifically. Like I'm mostly working in Berlin. My only other outlet is Karachi back home and stuff. So there's like a lot of talented musicians here. That's for uh, sure. But yeah. again, like, you know, if you go to play at a venue and they give the entire band 100 euros, 200 euros, that doesn't get you very far, right? Then there's like, like I said, there's there's more successful acts and they break through and, uh, you know, that's them going through their struggle to eventually get, to, you know, their, where, where they need to be, etc. sort of mm -hmm. thing. So there's there, there's definitely stories like that, but... For the most part, it's, uh, you know, like venues don't pay. It's just the economy that yeah. doesn't work then, right? There's yeah, not this enough is kind injection. of a weird culture that uh, developed. Yeah. I don't know if it's uh, Berlin or is it usually like this in big cities and musicians? I mean, like, to be honest. Maybe uh, London is also like that. I don't know. I've, I've lived in London for a few years. Um, to be fair, I was, I was studying at that time. So I was only playing like open mics and stuff. So mm. I wasn't really trying to do that professionally uh, to, to do it professionally at that point um but uh one of my really close friends like one of the ex-partners from from the studio uh he was working professionally over there it was very cutthroat he um he has some war stories from from no being a session musician in london i mean london in itself is such a harsh uh environment <laughs> like even if you're like an investment banker, let alone a musician who's trying to make ends meet. Um, yeah, for what reason? Sorry? For what reason it's so harsh? It, it's expensive, firstly. Um, I think not anymore. Uh, the last year of the day. To be honest, I haven't... Uh, I mean, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. I haven't been following that too closely, but... They're usually the quite... Uh, 
it's quite pricey in London. I remember. Yeah, it's just like it's very hand to mouth, right? Because it just you want. Uh, some sugar. It's <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. so it's like uh, there's a I mean it's it's one of the richest cities in the world and there's like you know high earning people there and stuff but everyone who I know who's living there it's hand to mouth it's always hand to mouth because their lifestyles are just uh, fancier lifestyles and they're always chasing the paycheck uh, it is such a fast and sort of it's a very fast-paced city as well at the same time uh, a lot of competition a lot of people coming in so yeah, yeah it's, it's like new york of europe uh, yeah i would i would i would say that uh, not that i've been to new york <laughs> in ages but um it, it yeah from the outside looking in uh it, it is I, w- i would say that it's pretty similar in that sense i guess that's true of any big city in 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 the country people converse there there's a lot of competition yeah um, and especially these bigger cities uh it's it's so fast that that you kind of get it becomes very sort of uh if you're living there trying to survive there it becomes a very different sort of um, beast altogether you know you feel consumed yeah. by it but then you have more opportunities in big cities yeah i would think so i would think so generally uh but yeah like i said this friend of mine who was doing session work there um and he was doing good gigs like he was um unlike me he's he's educated from like a nice school and stuff right. and um he was playing decent venues but again it's like you know you you get paid like 40 50 pounds 60 pounds a night uh, for playing in a big band uh or even if it's your gig and that just doesn't it's it's difficult to pay the bills you know in that way then it's very difficult to to be balling as a musician unless if you're discovered and signed yeah yeah it's very interesting to think about it is it just this period of time where we are living or is it something that is constantly happening you know if you go to the 60s maybe it will be also difficult in other ways yeah and people will say oh the industry is difficult you know and then you go back to the 20s oh the industry is difficult yeah. but they just have their own challenges yeah and uh, again like it's just one of those things right it's like there's not a shortage of artists out there at any given time yeah. in in the world uh and again not a shortage of uh, out of those artists a lot of them are motivated to actually you know make it a, a career a successful career a f- be famous and whatever mm-hmm. their goals are and then like you know there's only a few sort of slots available at the top so it's always going to be you know like uh yeah, you think i think there is no limit of how many slots there are i think it's just a matter of who is good he gets it um there is that element now that that's a bigger element because the gatekeeping isn't the same way it was earlier right because yeah, earlier yeah it's more open yeah right now is definitely a lot more open i agree uh but like yeah back in the day and stuff they would still have those issues i think uh yeah but then it will be also your responsibility to get discovered as a musician so yeah. you would play everywhere and you would yeah, try I to think get as the, much the biggest onus is on you to to yeah. actually do something with your art and not just you know let it just fall by the wayside which is unfortunately what happens with most talented people yeah like yeah like there's so many people who i know who who were amazing at at what they do they're just not uh like my i mean i don't want to say i'm amazing at what i do but like i'm not for example i suck at promoting myself as a musician or how we were talking about this the discipline to actually 
you know, put in those hours when you don't have a boss or you don't have uh, a deadline because these are very open-ended projects, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, it just keeps on getting bigger and bigger and bigger and the deadline keeps on getting pushed and pushed. And then, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult for, for most people to, to actually... It's the ultimate yeah. challenge. Yeah. And those think, who master discipline, they usually are yeah. very successful. They achieve what they want. I agree. Life. I agree. So, yeah, the onus is on the artist to actually, you know, put in that effort and just keep on being very almost stubborn in, in, in your self-belief that, you know, because uh, you manifest these things too, right? Um, at least that's what I believe that if if you if you have a goal, if you have an ambition and you are thinking towards it positively, you'll start working towards it and you will achieve that goal. But you really need to start thinking towards it positively. Yeah, that's the difficult thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who, who I talked? I don't know. I talk a lot about this, like the law of attraction. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a nice concept, man. Yeah. But it's far from reality. It, When you actually use the law of attraction, yeah. it doesn't feel like you're attracting anything and there is nothing you want to be attracted to when you actually... Hmm. using it it feels the worst thing that that you can do at the moment yeah, it, all right so for me personally i have like a or this is just my own experience obviously mm -hmm. so it's not like universal uh when i started thinking about sort of things more in terms of you know like earlier for example a, a lot of things that that uh i wanted to do in life seemed unachievable because of different reasons like yeah uh, i can't ever be a musician i can't ever have my own studio and blah 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 and when i stopped like thinking like that when i was like no nah, this is what i need to do in my life this is the only thing i want to do in my life um things started changing i started taking steps as opposed to just sitting and being like oh i wish i had a studio i started yeah, you know saving sure. up a little buying a little you know a mic here a plug in there sort of thing um and you know this researching how to build acoustic panels you, you start doing all of that and eventually like it all culminates together and that's when you go like all right i was actually able to somehow manifest this uh, yeah. you know random idea that i had and it can be small things it can be big things it can be anything really but it's just uh putting your mind to it i feel like there's i mean uh, i'm not a scientist um but i i feel like the the human mind is actually capable of pretty much anything if you put You know, yeah, if you I put your mind to it, you can you can achieve anything. I, that's what I feel. Unless if you're not, you know, um, if if you're impaired in any way or stuff. If you if you have a healthy mind, you can pretty much you know manifest anything that you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree with you, and it's good to think positively. Yeah, it's just very difficult to think it positively is. when everything is negative. When everything is shit. Yeah, I and think. Yeah, I think it's also not to be positive when negative when everything is negative around. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think it's just to uh, to tap into the negativity. You? So if it's hell around me, I want to be the devil. All right, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. because this is what it requires at the moment. If mm -hmm. I would think maybe positive, maybe it would be different because then I would think, no, I'm not in this state, I'm somewhere else. So yeah. I'm kind of denying where I am at this very moment. Fair enough. Yeah, I get, I get that. You can't always be just like forcing yourself to find the silver lining in every situation sort of thing. It's kind of um, tapping to whatever it is and just relaxing yeah. into that. Yeah, you have to because you go through phases, right? For uh, sure. I feel like, yeah, just like the seasons, like uh, my, my body and my body clock is in a way where there will be like long spells where I'm just like uh, 
for all intents and purposes pretty useless i'm just you know <laughs> yeah. lying around not it doing happens. anything that i'm supposed to that's where like mental health kind of plays into it as well and uh you have to yeah you have to be aware of that and you have to kind of sometimes go through that phase sometimes uh kick yourself uh you know up the butt to get out of the you know yeah. get out of that rut but it depends the situation changes everyone's life is different there's for sure. you know everything happening around you changes so often and everyone got different equation for their own yeah. life yeah exactly so whatever is good for me can be for someone else the yeah. very most toxic thing they can do exactly also no just like the stimulus that you get from the people around you the world around you yeah. it's just all of that plays into it yeah. even the weather like for example that plays into it you know being stuck in, this is the first sun we've seen properly in like a while right the last week or so it's not the sun it's the <laughs> the heat yeah and the last two days it's, it's been hot. a little hot yeah which it, is nice this is feeling <laughs> after everything is cold and you just go outside you yeah. need to put like five coats on yourself right? and then it's, it's like, such a disincentive <laughs> it's so relaxing huh yeah, yeah i didn't have to wow. like do all the layers up and stuff I love uh, this. Yeah, I love so, this. This is why I can I endure the cold. Just to have this feeling. Just uh, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, no. It's uh, yeah, otherwise if it was just this throughout then the marginal utility curve would would come into play yeah. and you start you'd start being like, ah, I like the cold more. <laughs> the grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah, when it gets hot, eh, well, it, it yeah. will get hot this summer I think as well. Yeah, because trust me, like uh, June, July, like uh, wherever the two of us are, there will be a point where we're like, oh, I hate this heat. Yeah, it's, it's going to be annoying. But <laughs> I miss it, the winters. <laughs> that, that's the thing. You know, when it's too cold, we say, oh, I wish it was summer. When it's too hot, I wish yeah. it was winter. Yeah. The art happy. is just to, now it's winter. Yeah. The art now is hot. Yeah, that's true. How does it feel? Yeah. You know, being, how does the, yeah. this very annoying irritating feeling of me just want to take my skin off because it's too hot and everything yeah. is humid here yeah, yeah how does it feel no i guess being in the now and being in the present is is actually more important than either the past or the future so it's best to just focus on now. yeah actually there is nothing positive or negative it's just uh our it, relations it just towards is. it yeah it just is yeah yeah if you now go into a cold bath icy bath and then you go for from 0 to 15 degrees all, all of a sudden this 15 degrees will be it's warm for you and pleasant yeah, yeah. but if you go from 30 degrees to 15 yeah it's going to be cold. a bit colder yeah. yeah and it's all relative to that it's yeah it's perspective right yeah. yeah you know i think a lot about this with music as well because mm-hmm. what is is the job of a music producer and musician and also mixing engineers basically mm-hmm. to match all the frequencies in the way it will be harmonious for us yeah Yeah. And also us as humans I think we have so many frequencies mm-hmm. about everything every person that we meet right now we exchange frequencies yeah. so I observe you and you observe yeah, me Yeah there's an energy exchange Yeah, yeah. and you will be a different person and I will be a different person yeah, after, after we talk Yeah that's true actually And yeah. then you go somewhere else and you have all those influences as well you know yeah. it's like, uh, like uh, It's almost like this this little sort of memory chip that you have Yeah. yeah, but imagine the harmonies that are being created even without us being noticed. Yeah, or us being able to hear them and stuff. Yeah, no, yeah. That's... but it's there somehow and we notice them. And but Like the study of sound, um, like the more you get into it, the more you start being called a conspiracy theorist, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you know, like I, I've, we work with sound and it's such a beautiful thing and how can it 
you know, not have all of these other, I mean, there's a plausibility that those things are there just because we don't hear above and below a certain frequency, just because we don't see things beyond a certain, you know, spectrum of light doesn't mean that they don't exist or they don't impact, you know, everyone. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel there's space for that. Right now there is music in the room. Yeah. But we need a, a tool that we can hear it through. That is true. Which that is, is called the radio. Yeah. <laughs> but it's right here everywhere. Yeah, no, I agree. I've seen a guy walking in the street and he was just talking to himself, I thought. Mm-hmm. But it was not the case. He was talking to someone in a different spot All right. on Earth and his phone was connected via Bluetooth. So ah. I, I did not know. <laughs> But you just see someone talking to himself. Yeah. And you think, this is very strange. And imagine now that he's talking somewhere in a different place in the world. Yeah. And he got this invisible connection towards this guy. Mm -hmm. And then you tell people about uh, telepathy and all this kind of stuff. And they say, no, no. it's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> We cannot do this. <laughs> nah, I, I, impossible is just like, I feel like if, if someone says something is impossible, they're just uh, either unaware or just like really full of themselves that they think that what they think is the absolute truth. Yeah. Right. So there's always plausibility. There's possibility for anything to be, you know. For sure. Everything here is imagined, you know, there's microphones, this table, the PC, everything, even yeah. even the, the baklava is imagined. Someone imagined those stuff. Yeah, at some point. And yeah. then we have it here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, yeah, like just sort of the quantum and existential aspects of all of that. <laughs> it kind of, uh, like I said, it starts being called conspiracy theories and, 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 and pseudoscience, but, you know, who am I to say that that can't be? Yeah, I think it's possible. Yeah. If you're still open to the idea. I agree. I agree. What about your music? You offered to play two songs and uh, we thought that we can talk about the songs right now. Sure. But then the songs will be played in the end. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so which songs are you going to play? What are they called? Are they from the last album that you uh, made? Yeah, so the last yeah. album. So it's been... The AI album. Yeah, the AI album All right. called Skynet. Skydive. Uh, Skynet. Skynight. Uh, so is it the, the, the company? And is, the yeah, company? it's the yeah. software and the company from Terminator. It's, it's Terminator fan fiction. This, that right. album is entirely that. Um, Did so, you sample Schwarzenegger in the album? Duh. No. I, I'm just too cheap to pay for <laughs> samples and, and to, to get clearance. Um, but it, that would have been cool, actually. Ah, damn it. Next time I make an album about Terminator, I'll try to clear some samples. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back um, but yeah so two songs uh, one of them is called Everything I Need uh, which is about so in the scheme of the story itself from the album it's when Skynet is, is starting to realize that the humans are, are a little scared of how powerful it's getting so that's, that's where that song comes in Um, and then the second song is called Two Worlds Apart, which in, again, in that storyline, it is where, um, Skynet is actually sending Terminators back in time and talking to them, like, 
in different timelines and stuff and and sort of that sort of stage where it's is developed to the point where it's it's able to send terminators back and it's communicating with them basically at that point from different times yeah from different times and stuff Crazy. so yeah uh, the actual meanings like i said i always like to just cuz they're just all very sad and they're not never like my songs never got, uh, unfortunately they normally come from they don't come from a place of joy <laughs> you know I, i tend to see like very sad and harsh things in life and 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 sort of make songs about them so the songs themselves are about just yeah just not very nice stuff but in the storyline they fit differently mm-hmm. yeah. yeah life is not nice sometimes yeah most and, of the times actually it's not so nice yeah and it's also like we're we're a subset of uh, uh, any artist is like a subset of of their surroundings right and I I come from Pakistan and I live in Berlin. So, you know, it's there's not like uh the histories of these places, the present sort of situations. They're all uh there's not a lot of happy stuff happening. It's just, you know, like one thing after the other, some sort of um you know calamity some sort of weird social issue it's just so all these things they don't like um inspire you to write about things being okay because they aren't you know mm-hmm. so yeah so that's why i don't that's also why i don't like to get into it because it gets very super depressing and stuff and um but yeah. does it feel depressing when i i will listen this to the song um do you hide it sometimes behind some I so mean metaphorical it's, masks. Ah. Uh, not not a lot. I mean I'm very literal with my lyrics. All right. Generally like it's but then it, it it's it's a bit hidden in that because all of these situations are either experienced or imagined in my head. And then these are conversations between either like I said imaginary people or things that have actually mm-hmm. happened or things that have happened to people who I don't know really. I've just, you know, read a news article about something or the other or there's something on the news these days about you know a horrible tragedy or something like that and that's where i kind of um sort of uh yeah like i imagine these situations and stuff or what they would be going through and so it's not very obvious right away what i'm talking about but it, to to me I, i'll i'll know and then i get sad <laughs> but yeah You know. There are songs that's been written about tragic stuff and there are great songs. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I yeah, like most if you look at most sort of like um singer-songwriter movements around the world, they're always coming after like a time of conflict or social upheaval or just a lot of uh just weird stuff going on in 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 the environment and it it, it always instills like a lot of uh sort of inspiration into songwriters so yeah that that's that's why i think a lot of it comes uh, mm. gets translated into music a lot of that negativity gets turned into positive stuff yeah, yeah. Th- that's the ultimate scale if you can turn negative into positives yeah. you're unbreakable yeah that would be cool actually yeah yeah someone brings you kryptonite and then you think no No, I'll turn this into baklava. <laughs> oh, baklava! Man. It's so nice. I love how it melts in, in yes, my well, mouth. Especially this one is really nice, man. Yes. Yeah. It's it's so good. Like, what, what is it? It's just sugar, basically. Yeah, sugar. Sugar and dough and, and some and more sugar. Butter. 
It's a little bit of pistachio, but there is one layer of really fluffy sugar on the bottom. Yeah. And there is another layer of uh, chopped pistachio with sugar. Nice. And then there is a layer of uh, of this uh, dough. What is it called? The dough in Filo English? pastry, I think. Yeah, it's like the croissant dough. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like layered and layered stuff. Layered dough, yeah. yeah. When yeah. you put I'm, the butters in the middle. Yeah. And yeah, it's also with sugar. It's, and then the combination of it. It's just beautiful, actually. Uh, But you can make bad baklava as well. I've had really bad baklava as well. Oh, uh, what, what was bad about them? What makes a good baklava? Or what I mean, makes I it think bad? for me, it, it needs to, uh, like you said, kind of melt and disappear as you eat it. Yeah. Um, and you need to have like a slight crisp to it as well at the same Some time. Some dryness. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes it's just too saturated with, with syrup and stuff. And you just mm. like, you feel like you're eating paste. With this, like, you get different textures at the same time. You get, like, crunch from the pistachios. You get the lightness of the phyllo pastry, the layers and stuff. And then you get the super sugary sort of hit at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's sweet as fuck, but not oversweet. Yeah, yeah. Especially the, the, the size of, of, of the yeah. serving, right? I think that's kind of... Um, It's also very important. Yeah, that's that's because um, like even back home, uh, like the the desserts and stuff we have are very concentrated, but they're tiny. Right, <laughs> so exactly like this. It'll be small right. but super concentrated. It wouldn't be like a big bowl of like pudding or um, you know an ice cream sundae. Like it wouldn't be that size or a big you know slice of cake. It wouldn't be that size because they're a lot more concentrated. Mm. <laughs> And unhealthy. And now I want to ask you more about the, the kitchen in Pakistan, but I think we go back to the song. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, well, it can develop. It can be hours, you know. We already <laughs> one, one and and fifteen minutes. One hour, fifteen minutes. Oh, wow. yeah, if you wish to take a break at any time, just uh, at some point break. I might need a toilet break. <laughs> That yeah, would no be worries. nice because I had a bunch of water. <laughs> yeah, it, it's all chilled here. <laughs> and you're going to play it on acoustic guitar and going to sing as well. Yes. Yes. However, we're going to have a playback. Yeah, I have some backing tracks that... Because uh, like I said, I mean, this album was written on an iPad. So a big chunk of the sound is, you know, those synths and stuff. And the beats that, that, that I sort of programmed in there. So when I play them solely on acoustic, they just sound empty and boring and repetitive. This way, at least the listener is distracted by other things and doesn't have to pay attention to how boring and repetitive I am. <laughs> yeah, we need to, to grab their attention Yeah, as producers. Yeah. Th- that's our job as producers. Yeah, partially. Partially, I think you have to keep the thing flowing. The, the, the song, uh, you need to sort of keep on adding and taking away different elements at different times yeah. to, to keep that variety going. Because most songs are just like, A loop right a few chords in fact like mm-hmm. I've, i've the more i listen to like my favorite songs the more i realize there's just like two chords in a lot of them like some of them yeah yeah They're like uh, uh dream with fleetwood mac uh Thunder yeah, only happens yeah it's only two it's chords raining. that's two chords uh yeah. where did you sleep last night i think has no um that's very simple as well that's very it's like the, three chords the, the one that i'm thinking about is um underneath the bridge it's a nirvana song uh, something in the way something in the way simple song two chords yeah um So yeah, it's just like, then you have to make it interesting with the melodies, the, the layers and stuff. So that's why I, I t- 
so as not to expose how boring I actually am, I I I I, I want to play with. It. Actually, this is going to be the first time I perform with backing tracks. Cool. Yeah. Um, because I managed to bounce these down last night after work. <laughs> they keep you working with the podcast. Yeah, and then like uh, in the evening, a friend of mine came over and I played him the songs twice, mm. both times. Like nice. I was like, I'm sorry, man, I'm going to run through it one more time. <laughs> um so yeah they wouldn't be like super um i wouldn't be super practiced but you know and how did you approach the the production in the song how did you made it more interesting um yeah i think for me yeah like both of these songs like i said they were just like the same loop on guitar over and over so i tried to like with this album a lot of the songs were like they start off small and they build in, uh, into a big sort of uh, crescendo, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. So that's what I did with one of them. The other one is, uh, yeah, similar sort of um, sort of thinking behind it was it's just the same loop on guitar over and over. Might as well try to... Uh, with that one, yeah, it went up and down, up and down. It was more like waves right. with, with that one. Uh, but with one is just like a linear sort of to keep on adding instruments yeah it just keeps on getting yeah louder and louder more layers and stuff with the other one is like they come and go all right yeah yeah and you also you also mix the stuff yourself yeah 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 until the end or you give to someone else to do oh no i did the mix myself the master i got uh another friend to do it dan he's uh also berlin-based uh engineer really good engineer actually um so he mastered the album for me uh mo danger is his artist name um and well other than that i did everything myself which is why these projects are very sort of uh long drawn out (laughs) as well (laughs) because like i I try to do everything myself on them it's it's always been like yeah what's the challenge for you to do them because you don't have time or to to say i'm satisfied both actually um the first thing nowadays yes i can't say that i had that excuse earlier in life where i didn't have time i just lacked the discipline if i'm being honest uh now where i feel like i have some more professional discipline when it comes to making music i just uh like i've for example for the last four weeks so my studio mate uh is out of town so i had the drum set up and there's wires all over the floor uh and the plan was to record drums for i've written five more songs so the plan was to record drums for at least three of them i haven't gotten time to do that even once um and it's been four weeks you know one would think Mm -hmm. that four weeks is a long time but then you know like weekend i like resting on a weekend you know you're so tired making music that you don't want to make music after making music if that makes sense so my my stuff gets uh, a little less priority, uh, but yeah, I work on it still, little by little. So right now, like I said, five songs that I've written, I'm trying to get. Uh, I applied for funding for it uh, to try and make it a project where I can collaborate with one Berlin-based musician and one Pakistani musician on each song. So if that doesn't work out, then I'll just start recording them myself and try to do the same thing. Yeah, it's good to do collaborations. It saves so much time. That's that's why I'm looking more into that because I've worked in a silo for most of my life as a, uh, with my own music. It's just been me. 
And sometimes, you know, I'll have like someone come play a solo or play some percussions mm-hmm. or something like that. Or my brother, for example, he played drums on a lot of my uh, earlier releases. My wife actually did backing vocals. My brother and my wife did backing nice. vocals for me in my first release. This is cool. Yeah, it was nice. So, so yeah, I, I, I have that sort of collaboration in them. But um, with the band, for example, it was you, you, you could really share the workload, right? Because then you go like, all right, I don't have to worry about drums, guitars, bass, keys. I just worry about vocals right now. <laughs> and uh, when it's your own project, you're doing everything. Yeah. Um, and not only music, also yeah. the other stuff that comes with it. So if you need to mix it yourself. Yeah, yeah. And mixing is yeah. actually like my most favorite thing out of this whole process. So it's, it's like uh, like that entire year's worth of effort. It's culminating to me being able to mix some nice tracks. Cool. What do you like about mixing? <laughs> of bringing it all together. It's, it's just so much fun. Just trying to sculpt the space for everything, for every instrument, for every layer. Um, trying to get the right balance, then trying to get the feel that you want to go for. Um, yeah. You know, you want a bright sound, you want a warm, old school sounding thing. You know, I just love the, because the, the, the permutations and combinations are limitless, right? You can make anything sound like anything when it comes to a mix. Now, obviously, this is me being very sort of uh, mix engineer about it because like, when you actually hear the song, there's like a very small difference in terms of each mix that you think you've, you know, where you've improved the versions and stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, but sometimes when, the difference is one more delayed trail. Yeah. It's it was, like, we need just a bit more. Yeah, it's just literally tiny things there and there. And you go like, oh, yeah, man, I spent an hour doing this. I'm sure I made a big impact. And then there's tiny things. But like I said, this is a very indulgent topic. But I love, <laughs> I love jumping into multi-tracks and and you know it's just like because there's chaos in the beginning everything is at zero um when yeah, you start the mix as well yeah everything is in the center everything is at zero and there's chaos it's like yes. <laughs> and then you start sort of filtering out the noise you start picking what's important i, I really love that as a process man i love it also about mixing yeah. i think it's yeah. also one of my favorite parts yeah decent production yeah i think they're kind of the same I sometimes think, yeah, the mixing really can enhance the production that's true that's true um I, with our uh, with the band that I was in, uh, the last two albums that we did, we worked with really good mix engineers, and both of them like they brought a new life to the to mm. both records. It was just insane how much they brought into uh, you know the sound and and how yeah. how complete it sounded after they'd worked on it. How it made sense. Man, so, I love mixing. Yeah, it's such a great power to have. It's not a, only for my music, but for other people as well. Yeah, yeah that's that's something that I want to do more and more as I go along because um, mixing is, like I said, something I really enjoy. And it's something that, to be honest, I feel like I'm out of everything. I'm, I'm most comfortable doing that. It's like quick for me and, and I know what I'm doing. Um, and also like, you know, it's yeah it's just a very very sort of weird passion but i i I really enjoy doing it it's just i can spend hours mixing something (laughs) yeah yeah let's make uh, like a tiny break maybe sure sure. uh to play the song all right yeah Uh, but to play it in the future because now we're not gonna play it all right so we can make a break break if you wish sure or we can Uh, just make a break uh, and we can i can use the toilet as well quickly so we'll make a break
Suddenly I found Everything I need My life revolves around An unexpected green What if I just take Everything I After the song that we heard, yeah, which I did not hear yet, yeah, um, it's interesting. But in in the future, I'm sorry about the songs. <laughs> I'm sorry for subjecting you to them. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about mixing mm-hmm. and about um, if you think that mixing is part of the production, and you said definitely. Yeah, 
how do you mix them both together how do you what belongs to mixing what belongs to production and what is like a gray area for you so i think if if you're solely producing then it's um it's a little easier to separate the tasks if you know that you're producing and mixing a, a project or uh, a song then for me personally i start already sort of sort of mixing as i'm going in the process like i'll make decisions when i'm recording where i'll be like all right i have to add some eq compression later on i'll just do it now uh you know those sorts of decisions and then as you're building the production i'll already you know all right something is is annoying me it's like jumping up and down i'll already start taking care of the dynamics um and then eventually when it comes time for actually mixing um i would have done let's say 20-30% of the work already um, and then I start building onwards uh, so when yeah when I'm doing both the lines are very blurred um, if if I'm just recording for example then I just uh, I still use some uh, sort of EQ compression on the way in uh, when I'm recording something but so then you print the signal already yeah I, I print it with some EQ and compression based on you know like the mics the room that I have um and just trying to sort of improve the signal so, uh, source and you know whatever i can do to uh, to ease 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 up you know like the work for the next uh, stage yeah so re- I'll, i'll record some uh, some of that in like very sort of subtle effects uh, and then i leave leave it completely dry for the next person to to do what they want to to you know execute their vision how they'd like sort of thing But if I'm mixing it, I'll already be mixing it as I as I'm going along. So you can add reverb, for example, in the beginning if you think this is appropriate for the song. Yeah, I'll I'll start, and then I mean, uh, not all of those decisions are set in stone. Like a lot of the times, I'll be like, all right, this was working till then. Now I need something else, so I'll swap things out and stuff. But you're already sort of, uh, yeah, making it easier for the next stage. You're, you know, doing some of the work now so that the next stage is. You know, because my aim as a mixing engineer is always to like I mean I've not aim but like the f- funnest part is like after you've done all the you know the housekeeping you've done the labeling the coloring all of that you've you know uh, cleaned up the files you've done the edit is the creative part right so I want to try to make it so that by the time I reach the mix phase I I'm already I'm only left with the creative sort of side to it. Mm-hmm. So I'll be cleaning up things as I go, go along and you know bouncing What is the creative part for you? Uh what is the creative yeah, part? Yeah, what me? do you do in the creative part that you that you organize everything for this moment? Yeah, everything is organized and then you just hit play and then you start, you know, moving faders up and down, balancing things, um adjusting, you know, effects and stuff, throwing in more effects, throwing in a lot of distortion here and there. Wherever I can get away with distortion, I try to throw in distortion <laughs> till someone tells me, oh, man, that's too much. And I go, all right, sir, sorry, sir, I'll just take it down. So, yeah, those kinds of sneaky things. <laughs> Do you have a special tool that you like to use, a special technique that you like to use? Um, a secret technique that you want to share? I mean, I wouldn't say it's it's a, it's 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 like a groundbreaking technique uh, proprietary <laughs> secret but um i run my mixes uh through um uh, an analog two bus so it's just like a couple of neve preamps uh, so I've, i have this like um signal chain with like two preamps two eqs and two compressors 
And you put it in the master bus? Yeah. So I run my master bus through it. So the mi- the two mix mm. goes through it. Uh, left and right, basically. Yeah, left and right. Uh, and then like it's it's a it's an annoying process to match them perfectly with like signal uh, uh, test oscillators and stuff uh, to ma- make sure that everything is 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 matching perfectly because yes. they're not stereo units. Uh, they're like two mono units that I'm using, and they are different because they're analog. Yeah, they're analog, so there's some differences in them and stuff. But like with the compressors, you can link them, which is good. Mm. Uh, with the preamps, it's stepped, and I, I'm not really using that for gain as such. I'm using that more for saturation, because uh, like in the Neve, in the Rupert Neves, there's like this silk function, which is just beautiful. Um, so that's that I feel like adds a lot of nice sort of weight and and dimension and width to 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 the mix, which I wasn't really able to achieve in the box. So yeah, it's it's not like a secret sauce or anything, but you know, just sending your your mix to some form of analog gear at some point, it really sort of um. Yeah, widens it, gives it, you know, makes it feel bigger, um, gives it some nice saturation to glue it at the same time, yeah. which I know is a controversial term, but it does glue things nicely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I try to, the more I'm mixing, the more I realize you just need to keep it very simple. Just try to use as less as you need to, uh, as less as you can get away with in terms of plugins and effects and stuff. And um, ideally, um, if there, you know, if, if there's a good tracking engineer involved, then you, you know, you wouldn't have to do too much to the sound. True. Yeah, it's Very just true. mostly you're just literally then you're just balancing things out and not having to worry about sort of fixing things. Uh, then yeah. It's, yeah. So that that's actually the most uh, that's the the height of the creative process is like everything is perfect, the tracks are beautiful, well recorded, I don't need to worry about gain staging or anything anymore, coloring, coding, blah, whatever. And just like, you know, mix them in. And uh, and then is the most nerve uh, unnerving process is when you actually share the mix with the client or... <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> yeah, then you're just like, oh my God, this is shit. Why did I send them this? <laughs> And then, like, sometimes you're like, no, man, this is really good. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't know what is the expectation of the persons it's, until yeah. you deliver to them. Yeah. And if, if you've worked with them once or twice, <clears throat> then it's easier to build that rapport. Or if you've, um, if you can understand uh, or if you relate to them in terms of a musical sense, then you're like, all right, I, I, yeah. I, I, I got this, <laughs> you know. Um, like, for example, this one friend slash client of mine, um, his music is very like I used to be super into punk rock for a while, so his music is super like uh, you know like Fugazi kind of uh, sound and um, and also like a lot of Seattle like punk and stuff. So I was into that. I knew exactly what he needed. He he like we could talk. We spoke the same language, you know. So it's easier than if if you relate on a musical uh, level as well. Yeah, it's yeah. not about culture as well. Also, when you're yeah. mixing, you need to know what kind of compressors they use back then and find the right plugins. Yeah, yeah that too, that too. But um, generally, yeah, I think it's just a lot about trying to... I mean, at the end of the day, you have to uh, execute the artist's vision. I mean, I, I would love yeah. to put my stamp on a song as a mixing engineer, but if my stamp is not what they need and they just need to execute their own vision, then you know that's what you need to do. 
Yeah, we need to serve them in the yeah, end. Yeah, because they need to be happy with it. Like, you know, there's yeah. been things that I mixed. You know, I've been through this process with myself in that I mixed my own song and I wasn't very happy with it. And I don't really listen to those songs anymore. So, mm. you know, that's a shame that you you, yeah, you don't share them with people. You don't, you know. So, you know, everyone needs to be, the artist needs to be happy with, with the, the end, outcome. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. just a, you know, a facilitator in one small sort of uh part of the whole process so you know it's i think there is huge power to the mix engineer in the there song is, there i is. think the mixing is what makes it or breaks it it can it can for sure uh in that sense in the technical sense for sure but in an overall sense you know like um like i said it's all right like you would love to um put your own sort of stamp on it with your vision and stuff but uh it's their it's it's their song it's you know if it's some yeah. yeah then they need to if if they for example like I, I was working on this one song where i was super happy with these really cool effects that i'd put in without going into too many details like some really nice effects that i thought i'd put in and i had spent like hours like drawing in automation curves for them to be very dynamic and stuff and the artist just didn't like them they're like, no, I just liked them how they were originally without effects. I'm like, oh, what kind of effects? Yeah. It was like a lot of like random like um, filters uh, that were automated. Then there was like something that was going into a step sequencer. And it was just like I, I was <laughs> using... modulation like, stuff. Yeah, it was like it was a lot of cool <laughs> stuff happening. Things were moving around. They were like you were getting this like very special sort of experience. Right. and But they didn't like that. They were like, no, this making me lose focus on you know whatever other element that they wanted to focus on so you know you kind of go like ah, but I, I i did this <laughs> <laughs> yeah it feels like shit yeah so yeah in that sense then you uh, all of a sudden you do realize yeah. you're not as important as you thought you were and in our the process. Shit feeling is not important at all yeah it's not. we need to face them with yeah ourselves. yeah so yeah i mean yeah. Uh, and people like yeah when uh when they're paying for a service and rightly so they expect uh you know, that what they uh, want gets executed. But so. then there is also, there is a reason why they hire me to do mm -hmm. some kind of work. If it's photography, if it's music, if it's everything. Yeah. And I bring myself to the table. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'd rather not getting paid mm -hmm. if I can put myself out there. Fair enough. Fair if enough. If it's a really interesting project. Mm -hmm. And I'd rather... Um, yeah, I would decline a project if they tell me you do this, this and this. And I don't have so much place for myself. Mm. Uh, for me, maybe I'm lucky to be in the state where I can just say no. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I think if we can, if we can treat everything like that, if it's something that we don't want, we say no, which was yeah. what it is that we want. I think mm. then it will be easier to achieve those um, high-paid clients or something like I, that. I, I agree. I agree definitely because you are like. Uh, you know, like uh, you've mentioned a couple of times, a mix can make or break a song. In fact, it, yeah, it's it's a very integral part. It's it's like one of the final stages and your music is under my control. I can do whatever I want yeah. with it. But then it's the artist's prerogative to release it if they uh, like it or just to find someone else if they don't sort of thing. Yeah, so they can go to someone yeah, else. Yeah, you know? they can go to someone else. But you do bring your, uh, you know, your baggage, your portfolio, your experience to, to any project. And, um, you know, I haven't been doing this for super long with the, you know, three, four years, five years that I have been doing it. And I've been lucky 
in that I've been able to work with people who I get along with uh, musically. Even uh, I think that that kind of helps if if you're you know if you listen to similar music growing up if you if you're into the same sort of genres uh, or subgenres or multiple different genres it really helps uh, you understand them and it helps them understand what you're doing as well yeah because they'll be like all right no i didn't have this in mind but this is actually a nice idea or they'll be they'll, they'll trust you more yeah uh, this is way more yeah. important to trust yeah. with the people that we work with but at the stage that i'm at it's uh you know it's not a, a stage where you know there's people lining up to you know get their work done by me so it's still a process of you know trying to find clients and stuff mm. so it's not always the best match sometimes you know at this stage it's like yeah. sometimes there's a slight mismatch where they're working with you because they can afford you you're working with them because uh they're paying. they're they're paying sort of thing But you're right in those situations it's not as much fun like you really just like uh, it creates know. so much stress i think yeah. it's not worth the money it's 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 not yeah it's it's like a weird chicken egg situation and you're like i need the money right now i really need to pay the bills but for those clients that i don't like and if they're listening here well i don't know if they know actually but <laughs> for those that i don't like i just make double the price Fair enough. Or even Fair more, enough. actually. It depends how much I don't want to work All with right. them. And All if right. they're still willing to pay this money, <laughs> then, yeah, then I will serve not? you. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would lie if I say I don't do something slightly similar. Um, but also, like, I feel like just naturally, it's very difficult for me to put the same level of effort into a project if I'm not getting along with that person or if... I don't like the music or if I'm being too micromanaged even because yeah as a mixing engineer one of my one of the things that I like the least is being micromanaged during the mix process it's just um you have clients that actually sit next to you while you mix I've, I've mixed in different situations and um you know like uh with some of them but actually with most of them to be honest it's been good to have them there in that all right you know like Uh, I'm here to execute your vision. There's no point in me working on this for half a day, two days, three days, and then sending you something that's not what you want. So, you know, at some stage, I do like to involve them. Uh, if Mostly like when it's earlier on, when, you know, we're setting broad strokes and stuff. But then sometimes there's, you know, like, just like me, like I, I, I became a mix engineer out of nowhere, right? I didn't go mm. to school for this or anything. So for the longest time, I thought I knew a lot more about mixing than I actually did. <laughs> the beginning. In the beginning, yeah. right? And when I'm telling like <laughs> other people to mix my songs and stuff, and I'm like, oh, could you increase this by 0.3 dB? And, <laughs> uh, you know, just stuff like that. Um, It's so true, man. Yeah, so... Uh, just uh, 652 hertz, exactly yeah, there. Exactly, I hear it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you get... Yeah, you get, like, sometimes you get that experience. But it's just, like, uh, if you... If you've worked on a mix and then you open it up too much, it starts losing its uh, impact. What do you mean you open it up too much? Like, uh, you know, like when you try to, when you're making revisions, for example, like you've sent the mix to the client um, and they send you back some revisions. If it's like, if it's ballpark stuff, like, you know, uh, hey, could you, in this section, could you increase the volume for the solo? Could you decrease it? Or, or in this section, could you make this thing louder, quieter? That's the standard sort yeah. of uh, revisions that... that you would get and those are very easy to you know sort of factor in but then if someone um 
you know, like I said, becomes that sort of detailed with their feedback that reduce this by 3 dB, improve, increase that by this, move this to the pan this to the left instead of the right, and then then like you've actually like you're you start working against your earlier decisions. Then. Yes, and that's when I I start feeling like my mix is sounding like shit. At that point, I just go like, oh, this isn't my mix anymore. You mm. know, this is I'm just. Um, a hired pair of so a pair of hands essentially i'm not you know. yes do you also make clear about what you provide to people before you work with them um so on the long long-term projects that i work on i i do that i um uh, you know like uh we have meetings um i even send them like a sort of i mean it's kind of like a pdf with slides in it but it has details about you know what i can do for you what i can't do for you uh how much time are we going to put into this project at this rate uh mm. you know because it can't be open-ended indefinite projects sort yeah of thing. definitely because then like you start losing your uh you start working for less than minimum wage then eventually if, if they're open-ended projects right so I, I try to make those things uh you know um i i, I try to communicate them from the start um and yeah so far it's it's been good like i i haven't had like a lot of uh I, to be honest yeah it's just been like maybe two three times where i've had issues where nice. you know where i didn't really uh in, management enjoy working but i try to like you know make things clear from the beginning and um you know just like some basics uh, sort of agreement uh, if it's a long-term project if it's, if you're just coming to my studio for four hours or a day to record drums or something then there's no need to send any paperwork over then it's just like hey yeah i have your tracks and you know <laughs> it's kind of an exchange thing it's like here's the money here's the tracks <laughs> yeah yeah but it's important to, to communicate because uh not everyone is as uh, experienced in, 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 in this field. Not everyone has the same expectations. Yes. So you need to manage those. Um, we never have the same expectations. Yeah. It's, it's, I come from a different perspective than you. And yeah. It's yeah. so important. Even, you know, when we say, let's uh, say baklava, you know, yeah. even though we talk about the same thing yeah. and we see the same baklava, yeah. we have different way we relate to that. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. even if we say yeah, it's tasty, we don't agree on the same tasty. Yeah, exactly. So it's there'll even, be different elements that will be speaking to you versus someone else. It's even more different when yeah. you think about something like music production. Most of people who are thinking what is a music production is, they tell you different things yeah. about what is a production. Yeah, that's and true. What is the job of a producer? Yeah, which is getting more and more blurry, if I'm honest. As as uh, in in this day and age, I mean when. Uh, when we were i mean at least when i was younger it was like you know still the you had your rick rubin bob rock kind of producers and uh quincy jones was still around yeah uh, which like i mean to be fair that's uh it's just a different way of doing things but the results were still fucking awesome right yeah for sure yeah. um but yeah it's just now you don't have the same budgets you you know like how we were talking about being able to just record your voice notes in a studio <laughs> yeah man. so you don't have those kinds of budgets uh plus yeah no one has the kind of mo- that kind of money to pay you it's you know it's uh it's a very different industry now so you have to wear multiple hats um in the process as a producer you're a session musician you're uh, part arranger you're part composer you're part um sort of uh you're almost like the band as well 
you're playing all Sometimes, these instruments yeah. then you're the recording engineer uh you're also the um sort of the intern who's who's editing and cleaning up all the files and then you're the mixing engineer but you don't have to you know it, it's your choice if you want to be a kind of producer like that yeah I, i agree i agree uh but for me personally like i've always wanted to be a producer engineer because i feel like that's when you have proper control of the hmm. production process so you i mean, mean also recording yourself yeah uh, and i mean like obviously it would be really cool to have help in the process to have an extra engineer on board and uh um you know but that requires uh different budgets and stuff yeah. and uh then you know a client would have to not just pay me they would have to pay the engineer as well um but if they make a lot of money from the album which is not so much today so that's also a problem yeah that's the issue yeah, right? that's why it starts to disappear yeah. more and more huh and again like the 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 level that i work uh at and you know i'm at myself it's It's not like uh you know people who've been established for long enough to know that all right yeah this is no worries I can pay this person this much I'll make more than enough in touring and yeah. merchandise and selling and streaming revenue um if you're working with those kinds of artists which again like I'm not against that if if there's any artists out there like that who have nice budgets and were signed I would love to work with you send a text <laughs> message contact yeah that's the spot yeah we know you're listening yeah <laughs> at least two of you you know who you are um but yeah it's just um it's just more uh it, it would be it would be ideal to have like someone who's on board with you at least like uh, an engineer who can um you know free up your mind more for for decision making as opposed to you know balancing between execution and decision making Yes. Um so at at some point that would be that's my ideal situation where I have uh at least one person on board uh who's uh engineering the sessions with me uh where they're comfortable in the environment that I work in where they can sort of uh you know where I can rely on them and be like all right no nah, that you know tell the person all right can you set up this mic please and you know this is what we need and not be scared that they're gonna ruin my mic or something like that. Yeah, it's important to yeah. have a really good team that yeah. supports. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like I've been working with this one friend of mine. They're super sweet. They're a very talented musician uh and they've been getting into audio engineering recently. Their name is Vio. Um yeah, they drop by every now and then to help me with some sessions, which is super cool. We talked about Rick Rubin and you said uh, that he used to do it old school like back then. Yeah. Uh, and he's not really touching anything else but just the channeling all the the energy of the musicians yeah and there is also a documentary about uh, is a uh, shangri-la studio have you seen it yeah i've seen parts of it actually i haven't seen the whole thing i've seen little clips and stuff have you seen the part where they actually paint everything white after every session <sighs> there is no tvs there all right so everything is kind of disconnected from from right. the world you got a huge place in malibu Right, so nice. for those of you who don't know Malibu it's uh, like a huge mountainside outside Los Angeles all right yeah and it goes straight to the ocean it's like yeah it goes it goes to the beach and stuff it's supposed yeah. to have like the best beach houses and some of the best beach houses in the world right yes i think it's so expensive uh because it's so close to Los Angeles which is a huge center of the world yeah and everything there is private you see castles there really yeah. really beautiful in huge buildings so he got a studio right there and you have a lot of nature around you um and you have a person who 
basically paints everything white. There are no TVs, there are no right. technology there. You just is a spiritual. It's completely detached from everything else. Sort exactly. Of. You just go yeah. to the process, whatever it is. That would be nice. That yeah. Would, yeah, that would be nice. There's there, yeah, there's there's a there's definitely value in that uh, sort of process of working as well. Because, you know, like like I said, I mean, the, the records that we grew up listening to, they all had like a traditional sort of producer, a different engineer, yeah. session musicians. But again, it was just like they had budgets, right? I would love to work like that where I'm just, you know, like uh, it's it's a lot easier if, if you're just focusing you on one. Did offer this to a client? I haven't actually, to be fair, uh, to both sides. I haven't really offered this. Uh, Again, because I'm just like so, um, so like my first love is the engineering side of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's uh, actually not my first love, but it's like one of my more sort of, I I, I love geeking out about recording and mixing. The right placement of the mic. Yeah, the mics, the preamps, <laughs> the, you know, everything under the sun that comes, that that's related to it. Um, so it's just... Uh, that's kind of been a big thing that I've pictured doing, you know, when we were talking about trying to manifest things, this was, you know, like one of the big things was being able to record uh, and just create something from scratch uh, to the end sort of um, product, just being able to do that. That's something that I really sort of enjoy doing. That like, you know, We start with zero. We have nothing there. And then you bring me your song and then we start building on it, yeah. you know, eventually just you know like this is me this one other songwriter and like just two people may manage to create like a whole album yeah this uh, is magical it's, yeah it's, it's a fun feeling and it's a nice rush that you get as well um which yeah like again i haven't been able to do too much in my life but the clients that i've worked with it's been fun uh even the ones that i'm working with right now it's like a very um it's a very fulfilling process you know like it's uh, it's not easy it's it's a very tough process to make an album yeah it is yeah it, it's just um again it's such an open-ended thing but when things start coming together you start reaching different milestones you start seeing like a clearer picture of the end line it just gets more and more rewarding so yeah that's kind of why i feel like i want to be part of the recording process mixing process as well but yeah, eventually with with help, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, imagine if I if I kind of download my knowledge to someone else, mm. and it does what I know works. Yeah. So then I can trust them, and I yeah. think about it, it gives me peace. Yeah. I yeah. go to a session. I know everything is set up in the right yeah. way. I don't need to worry. Yeah. No, that would be nice. That would it's be nice. imaginary. It's imaginary. It's. It's imaginary feeling at the moment, but yeah. it's, a, it's a legendary feeling to have. Yeah. You know, once you reach this level. That would be nice. Because, like, one very important thing in that is being able to sort of reward the person who's helping you, right? And yeah. unfortunately, at this stage where, you know, for me, I'm trying to make ends meet and stuff, it's difficult to hire someone. I'll have to pay for health insurance, stuff like that. You know, those are the things you start then. Uh, but you can hire someone as a freelancer. As no? a freelancer, you can. As a freelancer, you can. But... It would be nice to be able to make enough that I can then share with them in a way where it's meaningful and not just like, hey, here's 30 euros for a whole day. Because hmm. that's, you know. Hmm. Yeah, then I would charge a bit more. Yeah, then I would charge more than, you know, I would need to be able to get people who are willing to pay that. It's it's always like, you know. 
Baby steps. It's so tricky. You know, also, this is one of the traps, I think, yeah. with, the, with the price. To, to accept low prices from people, that is true. it's a big trap. That and I rather pay, I'd rather people will make more effort to get yeah. more money because then they're emotionally involved in that. Yeah, that's true. And when someone is paying less, is less emotionally is involved. And usually, if it's been paid less and someone wants to cut as much as possible, I think it bleeds to other stuff. And... It yeah. will be just for a little money. Actually, rather work with people mm-hmm. who I know will push themselves. Yeah, we're willing to wanna... invest into their own sort of art and stuff. I, I, I agree yeah, with that. I don't want to work with someone for... Who's cutting... Who, who's just... Yeah, but not also for the short term. I would like yeah. to work with people for a long exactly. time. Exactly. Grow together as artists is, exactly, is something that, that's very important to me to do. Um, which is, again, why like at this stage I'm working with people who are starting out, who... Who are making their first albums or making, you know, like their second, third albums. The people who, who who are trying to get into this as well so that, you know, we all grow nah, together. I think there is no excuses. The, the people with fire, they, they have fire no matter what. No, I'm, uh, what I'm saying is like, you know, in wanting to try to grow with the clients that I work with. Because you don't mm. want to be uh, all over the place, right? Like, because creatively then, because you're work gets diluted. It, it's Yes. So you want to work with the core of people, um who all grow together you know like next yeah. time we work together hopefully they can sure. they can uh, afford to pay uh, an assistant engineer with me mm. but isn't yeah. it better to work with percentages when you work with people that you know they have potential but they're just beginning um so that's the thing like as a as a rule of thumb i don't have a minimum percentage that that i charge anyone in terms of the the rights to a song Mm-hmm. um that's something that you know it's best to once once the song is recorded everyone knows what their actual input was right once all the parts are there all the instruments are there and stuff and that's when i'd like to have that sort of discussion about all right hey i recorded pretty much everything in the song i deserve a little bit more than let's say i just played the triangle in one song uh and like <laughs> yeah, this you, is very true yeah so that's why like creatively I, I like to make that decision once you know everything is complete and not from beforehand mm-hmm. uh but I, yeah, like if, if you're a producer, you generally have some input into the songwriting process, into the arrangement process. And uh, because like, let's say if someone comes to me and they don't have, they only have acoustic guitar or piano and vocals, I will have to write the bass. I will have to write the drum parts. There's an element of composition there. Exactly. So uh, then that eventually, you know, ideally gets represented in what my share of the, of the royalty or the manuscript yeah. is. Also, I would like to add, it also depends on how much you, you would charge and how much is the artist known. Yeah. I think if too. you know that you make really good mixes and yeah. you see some potential with the artist, but they have no money at all to pay. Yeah. Then I would say, why not even 50% from the song? If yeah, I'm sure you can come up with arrangements like that as well. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I'm, uh, there's, there's a million ways of doing things, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but like for me personally, like right now, because I'm at a level where I really need to pay the bills, mm, yeah. so I have, uh, I have to focus more on you know artists who can at least because uh, I don't charge a lot of money if I'm honest. Like uh, it's not, uh, you know, like a big studio or anything. It's it's a production space. It's a room. Uh, it's a one room sort of setup and stuff. 
So I charge accordingly and according to, you know, the fact that I haven't been around for 30, 40 years producing all the major records that you've heard, right? <laughs> so not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Inshallah soon uh, at theaters near you. But um, yeah, so, you know, with time, I hope to be able to have a little more sort of bargaining power <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> that side of things. But still, like, eventually I feel like once you've completed the song, you kind of know what your creative input is. And that's what I feel like is fair to ask for as well. Yeah. Not saying that the other arrangements yeah. aren't, uh, you know, to ease their own. Like, uh, if they if people are happy to make that arrangement and they have the capacity to to work, uh, you know, for someone for for whatever that arrangement is, then, you know, fair enough. But if um, I can't pay the bills, then it's difficult for me to uh you know to pay rent and then i'll be my studio will be homeless basically mm. or you move into the studio <laughs> or that i mean i'm lucky in that i'm married and i have a very supportive wife so uh so far it hasn't come to that <laughs> but you never know yeah. yeah you never know what about the second song um let's talk about it a little bit yeah i mean second song is um Again, like uh, like I said, I think that that's the one where the Terminators are being sent into the past. Mm. This uh, is the the waves. So the, this is the one that just builds. Uh, this, this is the build up. Yeah, the this first is the, was waves. The the first one was waves because right. the first one is where Skynet is 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 still not sure why humans are angry at it, and it's like, what you asked me to be a computer program? I'm just being a computer program, and you're just like I'm hearing all these conversations about self-awareness and uh you know singularity and all of that stuff uh so skynet kind of goes is almost bargaining with the humans hey no i'm still on your side and then it goes through phases of like are we on the same side and then it's like no we're definitely not on the same side anymore so that's yeah that's early on in the album i think it's the first song where there's actually vocals the first two songs are instrumentals and then the the one which i said is the waves one is the third song that's the first with vocals and then this one is more towards the end um it's when like things are ramping up and going more and more out of control it's like spiraling uh and eventually it just uh culminates into just like you know the the showdown between humans and 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 the machines and um starting to get surrounded now it's closer than we think. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. I like, I, I, I like all the machines and AI and Alexa and machines. Siri. I love you guys. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it. Far away 
is not a fault Cause it was all part of a plan And in my everlasting thoughts Not really, but we yeah. heard that. Again, I'm sorry about that song. <laughs> and subjecting <laughs> you to it. <laughs> <coughs> but no, I, I like this 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 way of performing without actually having to <laughs> perform. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time I do a break, you know, there is an actual break that is happening, but audio-wise, it's yeah. just a few seconds. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it's so funky. We're recording a moment of history right now. Yeah, of our histories, yeah. Yeah, I agree. This very moment is now being documented forever, kind of. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a fun moment to be, be in. In. Yeah, it's been fun. Like like I said, this is my first time uh, sort of doing a podcast with anyone, or because this is more conversational. 
I've, yeah. I've done some interviews in the past and stuff and you feel very rigid and and uh, especially if they have a camera there and stuff and uh like back home like a couple of concerts that we did they'd be like someone shoving a mic in your face and the lights and, and you're like oh who's your favorite artist and you're like uh, uh, i don't know <laughs> it's scary man it's yeah. fucking scary someone comes to you with lights yeah. and microphone <laughs> who, it's scary. who are you uh, i don't know that either <laughs> But this is more relaxed and, you know, this is more, this is how I normally am, I guess, to be honest. Yeah, you're very chill, dude. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Likewise. Likewise. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to be chilled. Yeah. We don't need anything else than being chilled. Yeah. I think uh, that has something to do with it. Just, you know, consuming the earth and it, all its uh, plants and herbs. And <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I like coriander. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, talking about the coriander and love, uh, there are people who hate coriander. Yeah, by the way, apparently to some people, they're, uh, I don't know why, but to some people it tastes like soap. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so happy I'm not this right? kind of person. It's one of my favorite Yeah, herbs. it's awesome. It's awesome. Any herb is really good, but it would suck to have coriander taste like soap to you. It's yes. Just, you're missing out on depth. But they're not missing out. Because they, it is like soap for them. For them it does, <laughs> but, you know, like, but like, so this sort of a person, even if you put like a little bit of coriander, let's say in, in a big pot of stew, they would still taste soap in it? Or? I don't know. Hmm. I think it's mostly fresh coriander. All right. It got very Fair strong enough. flavor. Yeah, it is. You cannot I mean, go wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, the fresh coriander, all right, fair enough. That's not everyone's cup of tea. I, I, I like it, though. Yeah. Where I'm from, it's like the it. only real herb that we have back home. <laughs> I love it everywhere. I just love to put it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's, it's full. Yeah, it just adds it adds so much depth. Um, you also like to cook food? Um, I like to cook, yeah. Um, I don't cook as much as I'd like to, though. <laughs> but I enjoy cooking. Um uh both like my wife and i uh she works uh and i pretend to work as a musician so <laughs> by the end of the day it's very difficult to actually you know like take out a couple of hours to cook but this year we actually made it um almost a resolution to cook more at home uh to get healthier also not to spend an excess amount of money on takeaway every day yeah because that really turns the pocket so fast yeah man yeah same thing they'll charge you firstly twice the amount uh like twice the price and then you know the delivery fees the you know you don't want to be an asshole and not pay tip and stuff and (laughs) yeah exactly so that's that's been something that we're doing she is um I would say, like, when it comes to Pakistani food, she's definitely better. She's Pakistani as well? Yeah, she's, she's also Pakistani. Cool. And uh, you moved together as a married couple to Berlin? So, uh, she moved here before I did. Um, and then we got... We were already... I, I think we were engaged by then. Um, yeah, we were kind of uh, engaged by then. <laughs> this is a different process in Pakistan. Um, but yeah, we were kind of engaged by then. And then, uh, when she moved to Berlin, I was still studying in Brighton at that point. Uh, and then when I finished my master's, I just moved here to join her. So she's, uh, yeah, she's, she's the better cook when it comes to Pakistani food. Everything else is my, my sort of responsibility and domain. <laughs> Pakistani food must be so colorful and it full is of flavor. It is amazing. I mean, I used to, uh, I've... I appreciate it a lot more now that I'm not there. <laughs> As a kid, I was uh, spoiled 
honestly like uh, probably with yourself as well back home things taste a lot better man this the produce the ingredients uh, the, the hands of grandma yeah the, that too uh it's just the spices it's it's just everything combines actually so well. here i have better food than i had in israel really i must say the kitchen in israel is one of the best because it's a huge the, fusion of everything yeah i've had some really good israeli food in berlin though I'm, uh, unfortunately yeah. i'm not really allowed to but there is there. not such thing as israeli food it's just arabic food essentially israeli kitchen it's like a fusion between fusion, different yeah. kitchens but yeah, it's all uh, either european or arabic or north african yeah Yeah. Oh, Ethiopian, man. They have crazy stuff. For oh, Yemenite people, they have crazy food. Yeah, no, Arab, Arab food is actually really good. But in Germany, the, the quality of the ingredients is way higher than I ever experienced really? in Israel. Yes. All right. I would have thought it to be the other way around because, I don't know, I just, like, I've had the opposite experience um, with the UK, with Germany, where... Um, The ingredients look nicer. <laughs> like yeah, it depends we, where you get them from. Yeah, that too. Obviously, yeah. if you get like uh, bio stuff, it 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 tastes good. It doesn't taste bad. But like the general supermarkets and stuff, which is again what they'd mostly be getting at restaurants. Yes. Yeah. So I hate restaurants for this. It it's just like so bland, and you go back home and you have amazing food, and you go like, oh, all right, it wasn't. It was actually I was taking a bunch of things for granted over there. <laughs> yes. Everything, you know, it's very embarrassing for me to take a girl for a date in a restaurant when mm. I know I can make way better food. At home? At home, exactly. <laughs> And how can I even pay for that? For me, I don't want to spend my money there. I don't want to do that. It doesn't make sense. For yeah. the same price, I can make something really, really epic. Exactly. And plus, yeah, like if you go out and you get like a nice experience, then you're like, all right, yeah, once in a while I can, I can spoil myself. Yeah. Um, but... If you go and you pay extra for things that are worse than what you would get at home, yeah. it's like mathematically it just doesn't add up. Really. Yeah, and it feels bad after the end. You know, you pay yeah. the bill and it's like, what, for this I paid 12 yeah, euros? Exactly. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> yeah. I'm still hungry and it was not as amazing as I thought. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I rather spend the money once in a while on a, like a Michelin a really star nice, restaurant. Yeah. It's really better to, I don't know, every quarter, you know, <laughs> you yeah. just spend uh, all the money that you saved. Yeah. And the entire quarter for a really high quality restaurant. I, yeah, I would say that's definitely worth the experience as opposed to spending like more, like a decent amount of money on uh, crappy food every day. I yeah. Would much rather like once uh, in a while go to a nice place. But yeah, as a, as a musician, that's often difficult to do. <laughs> to go yes. to a nice place. <laughs> But then what I like about here, about Germany, is that there are lots of farms and there are still people who do it traditionally. They All grow right. the animals traditionally. They don't put any, any bullshit, you know, all like right. uh, all those uh, herbicides and all the Preserved fungicides. Preserved pesticides and, and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and they don't bring, uh, they don't feed stuff with antibiotics to animals. Which is nice, which is yeah. nice because, I mean, it would be horrible to be force-fed antibiotics. I mean, But it's everywhere, you yeah. know. And most of the people are allergic to gluten. Mm-hmm. To gluten, sorry, not gluten. Gluten is something that is not so easy digestible. Yeah. And if someone wants to test it, just go buy seitan somewhere, which is pure yeah. gluten, eat it, and see what comes out of your butt afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it just, it's, it's insane how difficult it is to digest it. It's Are very it? harsh. All right. So Satan is 100% gluten, gluten, but it yeah. exists everywhere. So the thing is, what we feed the cows in a commercial farming is mostly grains. 
it's right. like wheat yeah because it's cheap you know maybe soya beans yeah and it's not like the high quality soya beans or yeah wheat. it's just the refuse normally from factories and stuff of you know like little cuttings or things and stuff like that and it's not what cows are eating they're eating in grass nature, yeah in nature they're eating grass so probably they're also allergic to gluten somehow i would yeah uh, probably definitely yeah so and they develop the inflammation because they don't need to eat this stuff and also all the uh, the herbicides and the fungicides they fuck up their bacteria in their stomach. Yeah. So they have even more inflammation, and then they give them antibiotics. antibiotics yeah. And then when we consume those animals, it we it consume all of this yeah. as well. So we consume also the gluten. Yeah. And we consume all the antibiotics and all the fungicides, and it fucks our stomachs as well. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's that's that is the case, and it's very difficult to not be part of that sort of system it's not very difficult i mean if you are lucky and you live in a place like germany or even other countries where they have a lot of farms yeah you have those it's very options. cheap it requires some research and yeah. some effort because like in my experience like at least in the cities i, I mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not someone who really gets out of the city much if i'm honest um at least in the cities if you want to have organic food it's always more expensive and then you start sort of making decisions like oh, should i i only have 30 euros for groceries for this mm. you know week uh, how should i balance it out should i just buy produce that's organic and lose half of my budget on that yeah but it doesn't need to be organic to be good to, to be that, because the organic means there is a stamp someone checked it yeah but there are lots of farms who grow yeah. organically or even hunters Fair enough, yeah. I don't know if you eat wild pig, for example. Uh, no, as a Muslim, you don't mm. eat pork, yeah. For uh, me, I don't give a fuck about what enough. the religion tells me, man. Fair I think enough. that wild pig is one of the most uh, nutritious yeah. animals that I ate in my life. All right. And All right. Fair enough. I had a connection to a hunter. Mm-hmm. And we, me and a friend of mine, I think about like a full leg of the, the pig. And All right. Half of his back, the ribs. All right. For 50 euros. That's not bad. And it was like five kilos of, of meat with bones, I think, something like that. Nice. Really not bad. Yeah. I mean, that's actually true. There's probably deals to be made if, if, you, if you... That's the thing, like, I don't... I mean, as an expat, you don't explore as much as you should sometimes. So for me, I'm guilty of that. Um, yeah, know. there is also a butcher that I buy from him. I need to right. make the effort to go there. Yeah. But it's worth it. I buy every time for maybe two weeks. All right. Yeah, that's what that's what we do as yeah, well. Yeah, just freeze it. Yeah, that's exactly what we do as well. So yeah, like uh, and it's cheap. It's, seven, it's selling right. like a kilo of chicken in seven euros. All right. And it's free chickens, happy chickens. Nice. nice. Yeah, it feels Until so different. They're killed. <laughs> Until they're killed. <laughs> killed with a smile. Yeah, but like yeah, I'm, I'm I eat anything, uh, so I'm not gonna <laughs> get into that debate. <laughs> yeah, good food is important, even for those who don't eat. Uh, animals you know yeah it's even more important it's even more important actually because like that's where like you know like the the quality of ingredients i was talking about that's where really you can sense it like even like something as basic as a tomato if you go and have a, a tomato in greece or italy versus one that you buy from the supermarket here yeah. it would be it'll be night and day and then if you go back home and have one it'll be like night and day between the greek and italian ones and you're like what yeah <laughs> yeah so it's uh for for especially for vegetarians it's it's such a miss that they don't have uh that we don't have access to good quality sort of produce here 
Yeah, I think the bio is way more expensive when you buy also the veggies and the fruits. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 be insanely expensive yeah. there. Even though, like, all right, this is just me being uh, a lemon, but you put less pesticides and chemicals in it. Shouldn't it be cheaper? <laughs> Well, I'm sure it yeah. doesn't work that way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. It's, it's all very complex. So I'm, I'm sure it doesn't boil down to just that. Uh, but you know, like it's, it's just horrible that we, we're willingly putting like all of this crap into our bodies and then expecting to <coughs> have happy, fulfilled lives. If, <laughs> if we yeah. eat crap, we're gonna feel like crap, you know. But sometimes we don't know it. Yeah. Because for us, yeah, I trust Edeka. Yeah. You know, I trust Lidl, I trust Aldi. Yeah. They provide me the food they're right here. I don't need to make the effort. Exactly. What chicken here, chicken there. What's the yeah. difference? No, that's true. That's true. I mean, just the size of the chickens. <laughs> it makes you scared. You're like, that's not how big a chicken is supposed to be when you go and buy, like, you know, off the shelf and stuff. You go to a butcher, the chicken will be tiny. That's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Man, I had once uh, like a shawarma in Potsdam. I was with a friend of mine who came to visit. So mm-hmm. we just went to Potsdam to visit to see what's going on there. And then in the end of the day, after walking in the huge park and seeing these beautiful castles, yeah. we ate a shawarma. She's vegetarian, so she ate, uh, she ate a falafel, but mm-hmm. I had the chicken. Mm-hmm. And I was also kind of vegetarian in this time, but not really. Mm-hmm. Not vegan, sorry. I was sometimes, right. I was vegan, I would say 80% of the time. All right. Nice. Because meat made me really feel bad. That was because I ate shitty meat. Oh, and this chicken yeah. was one of these. So the day after, we we said, let's do some mushrooms. Mm-hmm. So the day after the chicken, we did some mushrooms. And the mushrooms was quitty, pretty quickly. Uh, wor- they were working pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So what happened to me, basically, what happens most of the time when I have mushrooms and they start to work really fast, I feel it in my stomach. And then I start to be sweaty. All right. And it's like the mushrooms are cleaning. Detoxing you. Know? you yeah. Know. So we know they start to have the effect and we, we start to trip. And wow, this chicken, the suffering of the chicken was very, very felt in my body. Oh, really? Yes. I think the mushrooms uh, opened up the sensitivity for the chicken. Mm-hmm. And I felt the suffering of the chicken. Oof. Yeah. And I was, my, my sweat was disgusting. I was, I never, I never sweated like that i never had this smell before it could be like i've, I've never done shrooms so I, I i can't say for sure but um yeah like it could be a detox you know and also like you're right you the the quality of the meat is is what makes you feel like crap afterwards yeah, yeah it's I've, i as i've grown older i start you know your body starts telling you more than it used to when yes, it comes man. to consumption and you go you know you get a message very clearly that this was not good for you don't have this again i started feeling more and more like that whenever i have meat especially at a restaurant or yeah, it depends on yeah. the meat yeah because especially now man I, I eat sometimes liver mm-hmm. and i love it but right. the liver is really important it will be from a good source all right yeah yeah of and course yeah yeah. I had a source where he bought where he was butchering the pig the night before mm-hmm. so it was completely fresh all right and i thought all right if it's fresh and the butcher knows where it came from mm-hmm. i will eat it raw let's see what it's like to eat raw all liver. Right. it was like i had a like i had coffee all right it was insane all right. i was eating it and i just felt a burst of energy oh, nice. with really a few small pieces hmm. interesting 
Yeah, I did not knew how much powerful it can be. I heard before. Yeah. Uh, and it, if someone hears it and they want to do it, you need to be mm-hmm. very careful. Because if you do it with just a regular chicken from the supermarket that you was frozen, yeah. yeah, don't try it. Yeah. But if it's a good source, because liver is very sensitive, it's the organ yeah. that cleans all the, all the toxic. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And they need to be, uh, sort of, <laughs> things need to be washed properly after and stuff. To, especially with the organs, you have to be very careful. I'm not a big fan of organs, though, if I'm honest. <laughs> I can barely manage mm. meat. So organs is like a big push for me. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be very fresh as well. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I'm not Definitely. a big, yeah, just not a big fan of the taste profile, if I'm honest. Yeah, I hate liver. It's it's yeah. disgusting for me. But I learned how to make it tasty. All right. Nice, nice. Uh, is the the raw one or the or is there like a cooked version? It's cooked version, yeah. I don't eat it raw usually. Yeah, it was enough. just for, for, the, for, for the sake of it. Yeah, all right. It was insane, but also the taste. If you, you know, it's like when it's hot, just say it's hot. When it's cold, just accept the fact that it's cold. Yeah. So I was eating it, and I was accepting the fact that it's a disgusting liver. <laughs> and then I thought, all right, what else there is here besides disgusting all right. liver? All right. So you start focusing on the other things around it, and stuff. yeah, yeah. All right. It's like releasing the stress around it. Uh, back home, ah. there's this. If you don't like eating organs, like myself, there's. Uh, a nightmare of a dish, which is called katakat or takatak, depending on which part of... Katakat? Part. Yeah, or takatak. Because they, <laughs> what they do is they have this massive griddle and they have these metal paddles mm-hmm. which make this sound. They, they kind of go like takatak, 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 takatak. And they just... <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, and they just like... Uh, wow. So they'll throw... First they'll give you like a little plastic tub and they'll be like, yeah, just pick your uh, organs of choice. And then you'll just go there, yeah, pick up a brain... Throw in a liver, some kidneys, some balls, and then you give it to them. What animals is that? Goat mostly. Goat. Yeah. Um, and they'll just like, on a massive griddle, they'll throw in some tomatoes, make like a sauce, and then just m- literally mince all of those organs into the mm. into the sauce. And uh, it's, but it's just like pure organs, like brain, like I said, brain, kidney, liver, testicles. Is it tasty? I don't know. I've just been to... Uh, people love it. I'm sure it would be. If you like organs, then you would really like it. But I've never been able to have it because mm. of the things that go into it. I was just like... Eh. I don't like so much organs. Yeah. Uh, I ate brain once. It was strange. It's mostly fat. Yeah, it's, it's like, very, like, a, uh, like very overly mushy. rich and, and, <clears throat> and like, yeah, almost like mushy. They, yeah, the, but I think there are ways to make it delicious. Probably if you had coriander, it would yeah, be even tastier. Yeah. No, like they make brain masala back home. <laughs> uh, but again, it's just one of those things that I'm not a big fan mm. of. So. What about hearts? Do you eat hearts? Yeah, they eat, they eat pretty much every like. But do you eat it or you don't? I, like I don't eat any organ, if mm. I'm honest. I, I can at best I can manage muscle. <laughs> That's it, like flesh. Um, which, like I said, like as I'm going more and more like in my life, I'm trying to eat less and less of that because it's just mm. not feeling nice. I think nice. it's the quality, but also it it's, depends on the people. It's, yeah, it's. I think it's mostly the quality of of, of the thing, yeah. and and also maybe my age catching up in some way um, that I can't just eat like 
you know, endless amounts of meat every night. <laughs> it's the quality, I tell you. <laughs> but also like balance, right? Uh, it's it's one thing to have good quality meat, which I'm. I don't think I'm ever gonna be vegetarian or vegan, um, just because I I like to have meat every now and then. Uh, but just you know, like back in the day, if you if we look at our ancestors, they weren't eating meat every day. They were eating meat when it was a feast. You know, when yeah. the whole community was together, when it was a wedding. You um, need to go hunt. You needed to go hunt for it. It was more effort yeah, than today. Exactly. Even if you were a cattle, you know, at the yeah, cattle there or something. You had to still wrangle it yeah. <laughs> and do all of that. Um, so, yeah, that's why, like, that's what I'm trying to sort of model my lifestyle around is meat every now and then. Um, but um, organs is just something I can never do. People even eat tongue. I mean... Yeah, I also tried to eat a tongue, but it was a weird experience. I mean, this experience—it's not for the for the for, for the faint of heart. Yeah, I would say. no, not at all. Uh, basically, what I had—I bought two heads of goats. All right. Just the head. All right. And uh, it was very cheap. Mm-hmm. I paid three euros. Oh, damn! That Nothing. is pretty cheap for. So I just cooked it for four hours. All right. To make a kind of a bone broth. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, everything is so tender. Yeah, and it, it just it falls, falls apart. Yeah, everything falls apart. The bones falling apart. Everything, you just yeah. open the jaw, you see everything, you know. Yeah. Also the meat, it was delicious. The connective tissue and stuff. Everything, everything. Yeah. They and make that back home as well. It's called <clears throat> Siri Paya. Siri means head. And they just put the whole head in there. Then they also mm. do it with the trotters and stuff. It was without the brain. They took it already. So I think they make it with the brain. Mm. Yeah. Now what I used was without the brain. All right. So they already took it out. Right. But the tongue was still there, ah. so I gave it a bite. It was disgusting. Oh, all right. The eyes were there, but I did not dare. Did not try. No, I did not dare. No, that's. And the one mean, people eat everything. I, I not, yeah, yeah. I mean, no judgment because I just haven't tried them. So maybe they're wonderful things to eat. But for sure, it's just yeah, I'm just too squeamish. But yeah, like back home, also like every part of the animal probably is consumed. Um, that's the best way that is the best way you, you know like you're taking a life that. then you know uh, you should be respectful enough yes. to consume it and not just waste it uh, but uh, like I said I'm just too squeamish to eat organs <laughs> I can't handle it the craziest thing was about the two heads that one of them still had some grass in the throat oh alright and I cooked it with that oh. like I opened the mouth you know everything is falling apart I see a tongue and then what is this green stuff oh. Oh, it was still eating. So that was the herbs. <laughs> that was the herbs, yeah. I tried to smoke it afterwards. <laughs> so it give you some trip. <laughs> oh, probably memories from the goat. <laughs> Do you sometimes also make this uh, parallel between food and mixing? Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially when I started like cooking a little more regularly and stuff because earlier like it was just as a student it was just to stay alive right it's like you just and the cheapest <laughs> things you can buy you just sandwich frozen yeah some salt. <laughs> yeah you just sandwich things together into some some wrap or bun or bread and then you just eat it but um when i started cooking more uh once i moved here um you know i'd eat something i was like oh, this tastes like shit but it has all the ingredients and then i started realizing no it's it's actually about the balance of when you season, what you season, you know, yeah. what, what point of the process you throw it in. True. Uh, so it is very similar. I, I feel like cooking is is definitely an art form in that sense. It's not, um, 
yeah it, it should be considered a proper art form i feel like yeah man yeah have you ever been into a really expensive restaurant very rarely yes yes like uh there's some really nice um places back in karachi i've been to a few good places here and stuff um I mean, good food is nice. I won't lie. Yeah. I, I, I like, even though like I'm a broadcast musician, my taste buds are very spoiled. And they're very <laughs> refined. Uh, Hell yes, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, you know, like uh, uh, the, the the career choice doesn't support <laughs> support mm. it that that well. But yeah, you know, I, I like to have good food whenever I can. Um, and I'm also like very uh, sort of critical and discerning when it comes to the quality of food <laughs> just because of my taste buds being so spoiled so it's yeah yeah we we'll taste it we we'll taste yeah. it if it's my grandfather used to say that you should uh, live to eat and not eat to live and i just completely disagree with him on that one like i really am the sort who kind of eats to uh who lives to eat um you know or did i say it wrong the first time he basically said that you should, yeah, eat just to live and no art, no only food. You shouldn't live like <clears throat> food shouldn't be your main thing. Food should be just your survival thing. And I'm like, no, no, man. Like the best part of my day is my food oh, intake, yes. like the breakfast, my breakfast routine, my lunch routine. Even if it's crappy stuff, is just still the best part of my day. So why shouldn't I live for it? <laughs> yeah, food is a drug. <laughs> yeah, especially sugar. It's a drug, right? Yeah. The yeah. moment we bite something <laughs> tasty with texture, <laughs> our brain just full of dopamine, and we're very, very satisfied. That is true. That is true. It, it is. It's an instant hit of dopamine, and you know. Yeah, it's a big drug. Food yeah. also when there is something fat, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love food. Like good rice with the soup, you know, it's very, yeah. very good. And yeah, like I'm, I'm not very sort of, I don't discriminate. I eat anything and everything <laughs> except for organs. I don't really like organs. them that much. I mean, I, I mean, I can look at them from a distance at best. That's what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, it's fun. Should we wrap it up slowly? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think cool, man. Yeah, it was really, really nice. I really enjoy meeting you. Likewise, likewise, and I'm so glad we got to do this. Definitely. Yeah, we should. Uh, we should even meet up in the future, man. Like. Uh, yeah, you do the meetups. Yeah, I do the. This meetups is really cool. You uh, want to share some info about it? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I've been doing them since we were allowed to after lockdown. Uh, I used to do them more regularly. I was doing them almost every month. Uh, this year, I was uh, out of town for like two months. I was back home mm -hmm. for a while. There was some stuff going on. Um, and ever since I've been back, I've been working uh, on these two albums with a couple of clients. So hopefully, hopefully over maybe sometime in April is more realistic is when I'll organize the next one. It's uh, so far, I think there have been about 12, 13 or so of them over the last couple of years. And it's just we meet at my studio. There's like a nice little garden space there when the weather is nice. We all get together there, go downstairs, jam, chill, just get to know each other. Then we stay in touch as well. Like there's like a group, a wider group uh, on Messenger where, you know, we all share random things every now and then about our gigs. Cool. Or Support the community. Find, yeah, just to, just to be able to, you know, like uh, have a little sort of, group where you can just shout out if you need a guitarist shout out if you need a drummer sort of thing i know that the there's other groups like that as well but this is just like a little way of just keeping in touch with the people that 
you know, we meet through this and also just keep trying to get others who've been to the meetups in touch through that group. So it's been fun. It's been really nice. I've met amazing people so far through it. I've, uh, I've worked with some of them. I've collaborated with some of them. Uh, I'm hoping to collaborate with a bunch of them in the future as well. We're speaking about different projects and stuff. Um, and it's always like fun jams, except for, I think the first one was the only one where it was, uh, all of us were just guitarists. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was horrible. also, that was also fun though. I mean, cause it was the first one and it was just, you know, like we were all just like, Hey, hi. um, but, uh, to be fair, like, uh, the people from the first group, um, have been back to the other meetups and stuff. I'm still in touch with them. So I think that was the only one where we didn't have a mix of different uh, sort of instrumentalists. But ever since then, it's been like sometimes there's, uh, you know, someone who plays the violin, someone who plays the horns. It's, it's different things, keyboards, drums, bass. And in the studio, there's like a little bit of everything. So, you know, you can find a little station and um, just jam, chill, get cool. to know each other. It's fun in that sense. I had the idea that you just go there and you geek about production and stuff and start to analyze. I don't know why. Sorry? I had the, the idea that you go and you just start to geek about uh, productions, you know, to you analyze stuff. and. Uh, so, so uh, I mean, like, uh, that's something that can be done. That's something, sometimes we have, like, discussions like that. It really depends on who shows up. It's, mm. it's really an X factor. Like, I just literally, uh, whenever I organize it, I just go and sit in the garden. At, if starting at 2, I go at, like, 5 minutes to 2. And I'm just sitting there, and sometimes it'll be... You know, like a lot of people who show up, more than those who signed up, there's like 15, 20 people in the room. Sometimes it'll just be like three, four people. So every uh, meetup has a different vibe, yeah, uh, you know, a different sort of uh, a group coming together. And for the most part, it's people who really haven't met before. So there's that sort of uh, element to it as well of, uh, you know, just everyone meeting each other for the first time. Um which is nice. You, you're out of your comfort zone a little bit, but you're still in a safe space because it's all musicians. So, how many hours is it usually? Um, so like I schedule it for about three hours, but it normally ends up running over. Yeah, because uh, yeah, once like once you're sitting there, then the you know first like we spend the first half not jamming because otherwise it gets very. Um, it doesn't become a very communicative process if you go straight into jamming. <laughs> then it's just like you know. Just three hours of jamming then where we talk first uh you know chill a bit hang out in the garden mm. and yeah. uh then when we eventually go sometimes that gets very prolonged because we're having fun upstairs so then we'll eventually reach the studio in two three hours and then you know like all right let's just play i don't have anything to do today sort of thing sounds fun yeah it is i would love to join next time no i would love to have you over uh and uh what do you play by the way I still haven't. I, yeah. I, I've just mostly been talking guitar. About myself. <laughs> mostly, that's the the main instruments where I invested most of my time. All right, nice. I play also the bass, uh, drums. I love very much. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I need to get better at the drum set, mm -hmm. but I think after five ten minutes, I get the hang of it. Oh, nice, nice. As long as I don't try to impress anyone, I think it's good. Fair enough. Fair just enough. to keep the the steady the beat. The, yeah, keep nice. the groove. Uh, nice. Some keys, maybe. Um, also, did not play for a while. All right. 
And basically, those are the skills that I can make some music out of those instruments. Nice. Yeah, that's that's kind of what what I do yeah. as well. It's just like literally the same combination in, in that order. It's like guitars, bass, drums, and keys. <laughs> Most of the time, you spend it on guitar. Um. So now, not as much as I'd like to. Uh. Even though that's my main <clears throat> instrument. Um. Just because I was trying to get better at the drums and keys, so I spent like the last two three years just solely just ruining the uh. Sanctity of my neighbor's silence. <laughs> yeah, I would love to practice drums every day. You should drop by to the studio, man. Mm. It's, it's really, I, bought, uh, I bought some new cymbals recently. Uh, I bought some Istanbul Gops. Oh. Really beautiful. A nice upgrade. It's a, it's a decent Yamaha kit. And the room sounds nice. Uh, you can jam. And yeah, man. Jump between instruments and stuff. It's the most fun. Yeah, that's, that's something I love doing, actually. <laughs> so we should, yeah, definitely uh, <clears throat> plan something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even outside the meetup, just you know, just drop by. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, Let's it's, record stuff. Let's see what's going yeah, on there. Yeah, we can collaborate or whatever. Yeah, know. for sure. I would love that. That would be nice. Nice, man. Thank we, you for the invite. No, thank you for the invite as well. <laughs> we invite people and create space. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's, how can people you. find you? Uh, how can people find me? Normally, I'm just walking the streets <clears> between <throat> friends. Lara <laughs> Um uh, I'm on Instagram uh, as Osama Sadiq. It's Osama dot Sadiq, if I can spell that out, because it's a it's not the most common name. So it's U S A M A dot S I D D I Q. Uh, other than that, with the same name, you can go to my website, which is osamasadiq dot com, or um, you can also try to find me on Facebook. I have a page and stuff over there, but. For the musicians in Berlin and all, they probably know me as u.s.sadiq on Facebook with the Morty face. Morty! <laughs> yeah, hey, Morty! Hey, Morty! Oh, correct! <laughs> oh, jeez, Rick! <laughs> oh, I'm not so sure, Rick! <laughs> Morty, you piece of shit, just clean it under the Burp! <laughs> no, I love that cartoon. Um, but yeah, like Facebook, I'm, I'm on that as well. But I think I spend most of my time on... on on Instagram and Facebook, just posting memes. So if you like memes, do definitely follow me. Definitely do that. Yeah. Highly recommended. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's kind of one of the things where, where which I'm most proud of over the last few years in terms of skill development. I've just been able to, <laughs> I've been able to reshare memes really well. <laughs> Open an internet course, how to find memes. Yeah. So Funny thing is cash. they find you, actually. Yeah, they find you. The algorithm yeah. knows slowly, slowly what's going on there. Yeah, they find you. I think one day we will just be consumed by technology. They will know instantly what we want and will present it in front of us. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, yeah, just in meme version, ideally, hopefully. Uh, Whatever it will be, it will be yeah. very pleasing, no matter what we want. Yeah, Instant nice. dopamine. And All right, let's finish with instant dopamine. Instant dopamine. <laughs> Ciao, everybody. Nice. Bye. Sound